Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 13. That's right, lucky number 13. We're now at 13 episodes. It is February 12th, 2018, and there's so much to talk about. We're right on the heels of week four of LCS. Pretty much no team came out of there happy, except for maybe three of them. And uh, we have St. Vicious on the show for you. He'll be joining us a little bit after the start. Looking forward to chatting with you guys and having your opinions on the show. Hotline League starts now. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. Oh, 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 almost did it. Almost executed it flawlessly. We went to the three panel on accident. My bad. How's it going, Mark? Good. Did you leak Skype info? No, 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 no. It's just an empty window. Ah. We almost did it. It's fine. Where it's only the second episode as we up the production levels. It's, uh, yeah. we're getting, I don't expect it to be any better by the 20th. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, welcome everyone to hotline league. Uh, it is, it is just past week four. And in the intro, I said that I felt like no teams, I think there's only three teams that came out of this past weekend. Happy Mark. And I think that those teams are golden guardians, clutch and echo Fox. What do you think? Maybe C9, you wouldn't say is happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. C9. Wait, did they... They 2 would Yeah, they did 2 would Okay, C9 is happy, too. C9 is happy, too. So only four of, the, four of the ten teams are happy. Uh, but how was LCS this past weekend for you? Uh, it was an interesting week. It was kind of the week of upsets. Day one, uh, I went one and four in predictions, which kind of sucked. They were fun games. Uh, and then the second day was also not like a ton of upsets, just... A couple, you know, Golden Guardians won, obviously. Uh, and then I think a lot of teams just looked like a lot of teams started to look better. And then this was like a come down week for a lot of them where they just looked really bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's been kind of interesting to me. Like week four was hard for me to handle from like a coverage standpoint just because it felt interesting but hard to talk about. It. And that like, OK, Cloud9 continues to do well. The TSM CLG match, which everyone got hyped up about. Is there a ghost in your room? No, okay. I'm still in my lights. Okay. Uh, uh, the blue one is slightly behind the yeah. black backdrop, so the light kind of gets... You know what? It looks great. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. Uh, but we had Cloud9, uh, which were... Obviously, they were doing well, but like that's not a particularly interesting story. I feel like the TSM CLG match was hyped up like crazy and then just sort of failed to deliver. Um, which well, it was, is no one's it was fault, interesting but. because like the comps were cool and stuff, but it failed to deliver just because... like. Neither team's playing well. So yeah. you could see it in that game. Yeah. And uh, even Jet, like Echo Fox coming in with a 2 0, but even Jet was sort of saying, like, it doesn't feel like they deserve this 7 1. You know, like, it doesn't feel like this, this looking it's at this not, roster and this lineup is, like, worthy of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if deserve is the right word because they clearly, you know, deserve it, right, right. but it's like, this doesn't look like 7 and 1 teams have passed. Wow. Sorry. That happens sometimes. Yeah, hope you guys enjoy that one, Twitch yeah. chat. They will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting time. How was your week overall, though? Uh, it's it's stressful, dude. Like, I can't really take a day off without it being a, like a, a big hit to my overall productivity. Yeah. Because it's like, I got to do this show, and then I just did something today with Thorne, and then I got to do the blame game, and I got offline TV stuff. And I ever, if I ever take one day off between Monday and Wednesday... I like fall behind. Yeah. And I make my other days hell. So like once again, Valentine's Day this week. So 
Monday, Tuesday going to be pretty busy. It's okay. This show is going to be great. It's going to be the highlight of your week, Mark. I can already tell you the enthusiasm if, and cheer that you're bringing to this episode in particular. If this show fun. is not entertaining, I'm going to leave. All right. Well, I'm going to take a nap. So, I have a bed. You know what, Chad? See this bed right there? So will our audience. I will be in that bed yeah, very in good. 30 minutes if you don't keep me entertained. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um. I, yeah, no, I mean, it was a, it's a good week for me, too. I think the Golden Guardians win actually was... Super fun. I mean, obviously, I have some friends that work with that team, but it was starting to just get kind of depressing. I think every time those guys played, if they'd gone zero and eight, it's like no good. I like there's a world here where I think we were talking about this on last week's episode with Kelby, where they could have gone, uh, they could have made history. Like Golden Golden State Warriors enters the league and just makes history for not winning a single game. Um, and so, and just seeing sort of how happy those guys were, it's nice. I mean, they, I didn't think they would go completely, you know, undef- winless. But yeah. uh, this did it did happen against a team I did not think it was going to happen against. So that that part's interesting. Yeah. And then also we have the, and we should say by the way for those waiting for Saint Vicious to come on, he's coming on in about ten minutes or so. So Mark and I are just kind of chatting about some of the big stories this week uh, to wet your guys's whistle before you all join in and talk to Saint. And the three of us about whatever you want to talk about, whether it's Golden Guardians win or whatever. Um, but the other interesting news that made me pretty hype, hype outside of the game, Sunday's now starting at 12 p.m., returning to the original start time. From last, last, you're booing that? Booing that. Really? Okay. I think you this is why? really good. Like, Because the East Coast people go to sleep at like midnight watching this on a school night. Who cares about people i care about me okay so let's have to wake up two hours earlier now all right i never get up that early really yeah i have to get up at eight isn't that what you did last year yes well that's not (laughs) it's not how i actually live my life i go to bed at like two to three mark i feel like you know when you are usually i'm like mr optimism your Mr. Negativity on the show. But I feel like I this week you optimistic. something bad happened right before the start of the show. Do we need to talk no, about nothing, it? No, nothing bad happened. I'm just like, you know, I'm self-interested. Yeah, okay. You know what bad happened? I went over to uh, the offline TV house last last night, and uh, they were doing like the sorting hat stuff for Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, I, I was standard situation. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Hogwarts. I was laughing because I was like, haha, Lily got put into Hufflepuff and she's like the most Hufflepuff person ever. Yeah. And then I get there and then I see Chris has been put into Ravenclaw and I'm like, all right, no fucking way Chris is Ravenclaw. And then I take the test and I get Hufflepuff and I'm like, how the fuck am I a Hufflepuff? Yeah. So, you know, what? I'm just bummed that I guess I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah. And has that just been sitting with you for the past week or the past day, the 24 hours? Yeah, I had a really rough night's sleep, tossing and torn. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, is it possible to be an analyst and a Hufflepuff? Yeah. Like, I just, those two seem what you Would you say that you're a Ravenclaw? Uh, I think I'd most likely be a Ravenclaw, maybe a Slytherin. I'm yeah. definitely not Gryffindor. Yeah. Because Gryffindor is like dumb people who are willing to put themselves at risk for others, and that's not me. Yeah. That's me, I think. I think I'm a, I got placed in Gryffindor. Who so. in the street or who in the scene do you think would be a Slytherin? Um, or did like anybody Kelby, in the house? Kelby would, Kelby would probably be a Slytherin. Oh, right? Kelby would definitely be a Slytherin. That's a great. Yeah, I really appreciate that. All right. Well, okay. Getting back to League of Legends, is there <laughs> anything? How about this? So far, I've just brought up stuff, and you've been like, meh, meh. Okay. 
What happened in League of Legends that you were excited about this past weekend or this past week? What was good news for you? Well, I thought the uh, the countdown was was pretty good the last two weeks. And yeah. I think people are starting to get... We got our first official appreciation thread on Reddit. Yeah, so, was that know, the that's... one about the cat and the dog? No, so there was that one. And then there's just a NALCS countdown is cool thread. Yeah. The Jet's so, cat attacking the dog, I think, was one of the best moments for me of this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. But like the darts was funny. Jat with the shirts was funny. The dueling draft segment people liked. So I think uh, I think it's good that, you know. Well, part of it, I think, is, I mean, the audience, I think, is starting to realize the difference in tone and the analyst desk before. And so I think before you guys did that Bjergsen thing, some of this other stuff and people are like, this isn't the analyst desk I know. I think you're probably starting to attract a lot of new fans with sort of the new way that you're going about it, which is is kind of nice. Yeah, it, this is kind of what we expected to happen. Where like because I mean we said we wanted the new analyst desk and we're telling people, but like that really doesn't have mass market. Like you know, one hundred fifty thousand people on average are watching on Twitch alone. Like yeah. how many people? Those people read our little like Twitter messages. Like we're gonna do stuff different. So yeah. you know, it's slowly getting adopted. And by the way, you guys did uh, picks and bands going. Was it only the one match, or did I miss it? Uh, yeah, that was the one match. So we had on Hotline League a couple of weeks ago when Dash was on. A caller called in, said they wanted to see that had nothing to do. Analyst with S do picks and bands, and once again, Hotline League influences the scene, changes the course tweet. of history. Riot Games realizes they've been doing everything all wrong, and you guys did that. Yep. Thanks, callers. Yes. Yeah. The callers are, this is a show in which the callers, this is the platform for them to really impact the world. That's why the, the description of the show says make esports history. Uh, because. Wait, that's the description of the show? Uh, for Twitch right now, today. That's what I titled the Twitch stream. Make esports history. Oh, I, I didn't read it, but now that I do, I feel like this is misleading. The other thing, Mark, come on. Keep it together here. Make it esports history. Uh, the other thing that I liked this weekend from the broadcast was the uh, the special stream, the alt stream with oh yeah, Ovely, Doublelift, Ole, and Biofrost. Did you get a chance to see any of that? Yep. Uh, so we we can choose which audio we listen to, and so whenever there's a special stream, we pretty much always listen to that audio. Yeah. In our IFBs, so it was funny. You know, Doublelift obviously carried that stream. Uh, but Ole and Ovly and uh, Biofrost were all really good too. I like Biofrost. He was yeah. like a little quiet, but like he picked his spot. So when he when he came in, it was usually pretty funny. Yeah, that's just I think his sense of humor and who he is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the only thing like and it's odd for me to be saying this. The only thing from that alt stream was I kind of wish they talked about the game a little more. Like they almost didn't they, talk about it at all. I think if I may be slightly critical of Ovly, there were points where she should have like kind of redirected to like. Hey, because like it started off like a, a huge throw and like they were all kind of like, all right, fuck this game <laughs> pretty understandably. But then like Huni started inting and like Golden Guardian started coming back in that game. And I, I felt like, you know, they probably could have given that a little bit more attention, but whatever. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was overall a good time. I know that she was um, really excited to sort of this is the first thing she's done that's on an interview. So. It was fun to see her host that, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Is there any chance that you'll ever be able to get to escape from the analyst desk to do something like that? Pretty unlikely. Um, That's too bad. I mean, there's a chance, like, but we haven't talked about it, and there's enough other people on the staff who will probably be good at those. Like, 
Kobe hasn't done one yet, but like Kobe would probably be fucking great to do with a bunch of other like junglers. Like get yeah. him on with like. Well, Acadian. he's doing the Mythies Ven one this weekend, this coming weekend. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. So he 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 doesn't like bringing this up, but people keep bringing it up. Like he's bringing it up, but he beat Acadian in solo queue once. Oh, really? Like like recently, because he's Diamond One or something. He's, he's he's obviously really good at the game, and he bumped into Acadian, and like Acadian kind of shit on him, but Kobe's team won. And so we keep jokingly bringing it up like, hey, Kobe, didn't you beat a Katie? You keep talking about that. <laughs> really? OK, <laughs> so we keep we keep making it sound like Kobe's bringing it up. So if anybody's watching this in the future, they should just be like, not right now, not all at once, because we don't want people to know that it originally or we don't want Kobe to know it originated from the show. But they could just tweet throughout the week like. Man, I don't understand why Kobe keeps bringing up the fact that he beat Acadia in solo queue. Big deal. Yeah, it's like you move on. It's yeah. one time. Okay, that's good. I like that. Uh, we'll look into that. Uh, well, either way, do you want to sort of circle? I'm sure you have Saint on Skype. No, maybe. Okay. Well, I I why don't we do this? Don't don't add him to Skype yet. But if you want to help him figure out how to get onto both the Discord and also, you know, let me know whenever you can drop him into Skype. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching out to him on Skype now. Okay, cool. Uh, in the meantime, everyone, as we get Saint in, I do want to take a moment to have just a quick chat about our sponsor, uh, Omen by HP. Uh, you guys probably heard me talk about them on the show last week. They are our first sponsor ever, second episode that they're sponsoring. Really excited about it. Uh, for those of you that don't know or haven't seen, you know, you probably started to see Omen pop up recently because, and they've only been a, a brand in the gaming space for a couple of years, but the impact that they're making already is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, besides, for instance, in the esports space, in the gaming space specifically, they're not a brand or a company um, or a line of computers that have come in and just sort of bought banner ads or whatever and ignored it. They've identified that esports and competitive gaming is sort of the future of the video game space. And so they, they've they come in, they're supporting not just leagues like Overwatch League, but also sort of grassroots projects like this show. Uh, so it's really neat that they are backing content creators like ourselves uh, and myself and, and Mark. Both of us are now actually making money on this show for the time we've been putting into it, which is very generous of them to, to help I make sure that this stuff can yet, Travis. Yeah, Mark has not received his paycheck from me. But trust me, I'm getting paid. No, just this is a little strange, Travis. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Mark's money is on the way. He's ready to come in. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, grab, get him in the Discord, and then I'll I'll wrap the the conversation about this, and then and then we'll add him on Skype. All right. Um, and so basically, it's really cool that they're supporting the show. Uh, they actually hooked me up uh, with some compete. Like, not only is Mark wearing the headset right now, but they also hooked. Uh, myself and my editor up with some gear so that we can edit. Uh, it's a really great desktop computer that they sent along and uh, actually streaming off of it right now. I use it to do a bunch of the editing and work that I do. Really enjoy it. They did not tell me that I have to say, like, I recommend this computer or anything like that. But I actually want to say that because I've really, really enjoyed it. Even just getting the computer, one of the things I mentioned this last week that I, I really enjoyed was I was able to just grab the hard drive out of my previous one the custom built one that I had before this and there's a little slot in the front of the PC that I can just drop it in and really I had access to all of my data and everything. So I don't know. I really like it. Um, if you guys want to help uh, the show out, if you want to show support for our sponsor, the neat thing is they're doing a giveaway right now, which I think I have the link for still, uh, which I should have had before. 
I'm going to grab it right now and, and put it in the Twitch chat. But also, if you are watching uh, the YouTube or the VOD or the podcast or anything like that, just know that it will be in the description on YouTube, as well as obviously in uh, the Twitch chat if you guys are watching right now. So you can go ahead and, and hit that up. They are giving away some accessories that's running through the next couple of days. It was from uh, last week, but still time to enter. You can do that there. It really helps out the show. And thank you so much to Owen by HP for supporting and sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it. All right, here we are now. Let's get uh, St. Vicious on the show. I will switch to a different screen, this screen, and All we right, can I'm, add him. You ready? In. Yeah. Hello, Saint. Can you turn your webcam on? Yeah, one sec. Okay, cool. Thanks, everyone, for bearing with us as we figure out. We just have to switch everything over, and then we'll be good. See me? I see you. Mm -hmm. The chat does not see you, but they will in just a moment. All right. Uh, you have plans tonight, right? So we have to... Uh, no, it's like raining, so nobody wants to do anything. Okay. Yeah, I just noticed it, or I heard it raining outside. It's funny. Yeah, it's raining? Yeah, it's raining pretty hard. Yeah, it's a little bit of rain in California. People are like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's over. Changes everything. Yeah, I was very confused because uh, I, I did not... Actually, I guess I didn't leave the apartment today, so I would not have known that it was cloudy. I, like, literally just started. I went outside to pick up my Chinese food. That's about all I did nice. outside today. Did Did you actually leave? Like no, you, he came under. He yeah. yeah so delivery. it was really just you at the front door of the building. Yeah. Okay. Living the dream, man. Are we, are we ready? Yeah, yeah. I was. Just, I had to fix up the the three window panel. Okay, so we're now joined by Saint Vicious. Uh, is he on Discord? Yeah, he's, he he's okay. talking to us through Discord. Nice, fantastic, Saint. How you been? You've you've been gone for the year so far. Have I? Yeah, from the public eye and for LCS purposes at least, you're not with a team. We haven't seen you on the LCS broadcast. Uh, I know you've been streaming, but yeah, what's going on with you these days? Uh, kind of just chilling. Like took split off because I didn't really get any of the like. All I wanted to like work with like a some of the higher up teams or whatever for this split. So I didn't really get like the offers that I wanted from any of those because most of them, you know, they already have like coach positions filled with like Reaper D or Song or somebody like that. So decided to take a split off and then just kind of like hang out and I like made some pretty good money on the crypto market uh, over the last couple of months. So I'm hey. just kind of like chilling on that. Do you still have the money from the crypto market? Because crypto yeah, had, a, back. had a bad 30 days. No, I, I sold when it was pretty high, like took out like half my like half of my thing and then just hold, held on to the rest. So nice. I'm just kind of like chilling nice. and just trying to see if I can do the streaming thing. Like I, I like stopped streaming for like two years. So it's like kind of hard to like bring it back, but uh, see if I can do that for a split. And if not, I'll probably just like go try to do like an industry job or maybe work with the team again or yeah. I don't know. Just do you want to keep coaching? Is that something that's interesting to you? Oh, I like coaching, but I don't know. It's like, I just, it's gonna sound mean, but I just don't want to work with like lower tier teams again. I just, I just can't do it. Anymore. Okay, so you say that, but there's a Reddit thread last week of you talking that's about the, how you reached out to Golden Guardians, who, if you look at the rankings the right now, is the lowest tier team. 
that's not the coach. I said I would do consulting. Like I would help them find a coach and I would like help them get back on their feet and stuff like that. Like I didn't want oh, okay. to coach the team. Yeah. Like I was very specific about that. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt like you, well, at least from the Reddit thread, uh, cause I wasn't watching your stream that night, uh, was, were you were interested in coaching. So it's interesting. So what would you just charge them a big consulting fee to just say, here's cop. He's a coach. You should hire him. Uh, I'll catch you later. No, even, I mean, I don't know. Uh, on the topic of cop, like, I don't think cop is like the big band aid that would fix them anyways. Like cop is a, he's a good, like pick band coach. And like, he understands like the meta very well, but he's not like, he's not like a coach coach. If that makes not sense. like a structural coach in that sense. Yeah. Like he's, he knows the game, but he's not like, he needs to be, he needs somebody with him that is like a people person and that can like motivate people and like get them down the right path. And he, like, that's not really, you know how cop, you guys have met cop, like, <laughs> no, you don't like I don't meet you don't meet coffee like damn this guy's turned my life around you yeah know? he's got it all figured out yeah it's just like damn it cop are you throwing up again from drinking energy drink he's in the chat too yeah he's in the chat yeah not to bad mouth cop no. yeah 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 not to bad mouth cop no yeah. one here everyone has nothing but respect for cop actually he's my favorite person and, and personality of the LCS Huge fan. Huge fan. Yeah, yeah. But I'm uh, just saying, like, obviously he could help the team, but he would need somebody to, like, go along with them. That makes yeah. sense. So who, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get into callers in just a second. I'm sure people want to talk about this as well. But who, like, how do you find that other coach? Because as you like, I think most of the big coaches are already hired up. So maybe you throw a cop in there to help out with the game side. But then how are you able to go out there and find somebody who has that ability to kind of like rally the troops or, or even more generally, like, like you said, you were going to consult, you're often to consult with them, but like, what would be like some public advice you'd be willing to give to golden guardians? Like, what do you think they should do? Uh, how much is, how much are you charging for that? Uh, we said consulting fees here. There's no just, public advice. Just general statements. You know, what do you think is the issue? Yeah. Like, do you agree with the all INA approach or something like just, I don't know if you say what you want. All right, I guess I'm gonna be brutally honest, but I think that just like their entire path that they took from the off season, where uh, I mean, obviously the hiring of Lopadoco and then the putting together the full NA roster, like all the players on that that roster can work out on any team. I believe, like, I don't think that any of those players are bad, but putting them all on the same team together, it's like who's your who's your firepower? So like you compare it to like a team like TL that I worked with. Um, uh, you know, before Doublelift came in and then like we brought in Doublelift. So like usually when you're developing strategy as a coach, you, um, you, it's hard to like develop a strategy if you don't have lanes that are consistent that you can play through. So like, let's say that we were, we were on TL and we had the Piglet era, like t Piglet, he would gain advantages, but half the time he'd just kill himself, you know, with that advantage. So it's like, this isn't consistent. So like, how do we develop a strategy around that? But when Doublelift came in, like, he consistently got advantages and he knew how to play safe around the advantage. And you could like count on him to get a lead and like have the whole team play around him. Right. So it's like, who is that player on golden guardians? Is it Lolo? Like Lolo is a good player, but he's like pretty hit or miss, you know, if he's going to like carry the game in my opinion. So like, I don't think that they have like a, a very strong, like one, two punch kind of thing going on. Like there's not like a hard carry lane and there's not like a secondary, like backup lane. So like, let's say we're on when I was working with Dignitas, you know, our hard carry lane was our duo lane. And then Keen was like the facilitator. Like we just have him like gain priority and then go and like help that lane out and 
you know, set up the dives and that kind of stuff. So it's like, you can't really do that with the roster that they picked up. So uh, maybe not for this split, but like some pieces would, I feel like bringing on subs and stuff like that, or like looking for other pieces to like put into that, that roster would help them out a lot. And then just for like this split, um, I think that they could do a lot of stuff with their pick band. I think their pick band is one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. Um, just in the way that they do things, it's like very obvious how they do their pick ban. Does um, that include this past weekend? Because it seemed like last weekend they had the new coach, which might have thrown things uh, you know into a weird mix, and then they had Lokodoka before that. Do you think also this weekend? I don't know if you watched their games. Uh, the first game they did like the same standardized pick ban, and then the second game that you just tell they like fuck it, and they just you know they did the they allow a pick and. Uh, like, this is, this is one thing I hate when you're judging, like, team strength and all that, is, like, imagine somebody pulled that out in a BO3. They would just instantly ban the Alawi on, like, the second phase, and then it's like, all right, Golden Guardians, now you got to play a straight up. Like, the fuck are you going to do? You know? And that's why, like, I think when measuring team strength and, like, how, how a team performs, it's so awful with, like, a BO1. Because, like, you can just come in with, like, cheese strategies and things like that. Yeah. Is that your cat in the background? Yeah, that's my cat. Okay. Just play with the toy. Yeah. Do you coach the cat? Yeah, I coach the cat. Okay. She's chill. Very good. <laughs> so you can't quite see what she's. She's just off camera, yeah. hitting something. He's not quite sure. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity for your your interest in helping Golden Guardians, did you was that born out of the fact that you just you know quite bluntly see like an opportunity there like okay here maybe i can do some consulting with this team kind of pick them up or is that because you like those players like what what sort of led you to reach out to them um it's a two-part thing where a i want to develop myself in like that kind of area where i can do like more management type things and um you know also like working like see if i can develop you know come in and be a consultant i'm sure like many teams could use a consultant to like just come in to like any team around the world and just come in and help them and try to fix their issues but also like you know i work with uh matt and lorlo and uh you know i've like known high for a long time um and uh it's just it's just kind of sad to like see them just go down like that and then i don't know i feel like i feel like there's not going to be any right answers that the the, the golden guardian staff is going to be able to offer them so it's like i see it's like i see all the problems right in front of me and i could just like come in and like instantly fix them i feel like uh, just for the short term, like not long term. Right. And it's just like it's things that can make them like, you know, 15, 20, 30 percent better. It may not be enough to like bring them straight out of like the bottom tier teams, but it it'll may at least make them look like competitive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mark, you have any other thoughts on this before we, we go on to callers? Uh, nope. I was just starting to wrangle people up. Cool. All right. So for those of you, actually, I guess, Mark, you usually handle this if you want to explain how it works. Yeah, I guess I'll do the work. <laughs> You're uh, so so much energy from you tonight, Mark. I am just burnt. I got a Red Bull. Yeah, I'm working my Show way. Show starts. That. You're like, ugh, I don't have any free time. Life sucks. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, so I'm spamming I'm in Hufflepuff. Uh, you know, can we move on past that part? Yeah. Uh, so I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now the link to the Discord. If you've never seen the show, the way this works, you join the Discord. Uh, there's going to be voice channels and text channels. I need you to join one of the general voice channels and then inside the text uh, general channel, host whatever thing you want to talk about. And what we always encourage in the show is give us takes. Don't just say like, I want to talk about Golden Guardians. I don't know what you want to talk about there. So tell me what exactly you think. 
I think Golden Guardian sucks. I think Saints wrong, and those players shouldn't even be in the LCS. Whatever it is you want to talk about, put it in there. Give me the take, not the question. And, uh, yeah, I'll start pulling you guys from your voice channel into the waiting room. I'll do a quick check, make sure your mic's all good, and then we'll get you on to talk with all of us. And if you are a sub, uh, feel free to chat in the sub chat. We do check that as well, and it kind of gives you a little bit of a, a better chance of getting picked, but no guarantees. So while Mark is running off to grab somebody else, I'm just going to read out some uh, some subs that hit up the show. Ducking Llama, thank you. Lagoonist, tier three sub, thanks. Uh, Slyant, uh, thank you for the donation. Muffin, Mix, <laughs> Ahonda, Ahonda Hub, Rorik, uh, Donkey Punch Dan is here for three months. Christabella is here for three months. Ari Waddle, Mark, are you grabbing? Oh, you're, done. you're looking for people right now. Ari Waddle, Javikid. Uh, Trepper78 OPTSM fan resubs says two months of supporting one of the best in the biz should have done it sooner thanks for the uh, for both providing qu constant quality content the best since PTL think with best wishes all hail the base god uh, Lucas Brayfield and Liquid Crusher thanks everyone for the subs and Mark is filling up the waiting room right now alright sounds like we need me to grab some I have, I have enough people to start yeah, yeah. grabbing them I'm excited to see right who we're going to get what were you going to do tonight, Saint? I was going to play board games. You ever played Seven Wonders? I have played Seven Wonders. It's super good. Yeah. Fine. Are you playing Slay the Spire? Speaking of card games. Nah. Should I pick it up? You should. It is like really addicting, really good. And it's just Where like it's a great... It's really short, though. It's really short, right? It's kind of short. I mean, it's in early access, but it's also pretty cheap. I liked the Hearthstone version, and this is like, I think, a lot, a lot easier. Oh, Slay the Spire? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll check it out. Pabelling is on the show, and Pabelling, you you have a familiar name. I'm trying to remember where I've seen you before. Uh, I was on a couple weeks ago. Oh, it was yeah. actually, I decided to go by Patrick. Oh, yes, Patrick. Uh, wait, were you the one that suggested, you said? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I said on uh, on Twitter that you should get Saint on the. Yes, that's why, yes. Saint is here because of Patrick. Full circle. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, Patrick, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I just like to talk about how like league has evolved in terms of like coaching over the years. Um, obviously, Sane has experience in that, and also Mark was an analyst for a period of time. So uh, personally, I think that like there's a big difference between like regular sports and league in terms of just I guess like tenure and experience, and like that's obviously because league's only been around for eight years, um, and for the first three years there wasn't really even coaches. Um, so I feel like over the past, you know, I guess like four years, we've seen different coaching styles and like different coaches kind of go in and out. Right. So we've seen um, TSM, for instance, tried in season six to have Casey on with Jarge as like the, um, I guess, like analyst coach or like the the actual like in-game coach. And that kind of failed miserably. But I think at the same time, like they they had a viable um they had like a, a good thought process, right? Like, I, I feel like there there is an issue currently right now with the fact that coaches like they, there's no age gap, right? And I'm not saying that there it's necessarily a necessity, but I think that if you look at some of the most successful coaches in league, they're people who have been players before, but at the same time, they've also, um, you know, they're also significantly older than a lot of the players. Like Songs, 28, and then at the same time too, like Coma's 32, and but. Coma wasn't a player, I, I don't believe, but uh, he has a lot of league experience. So I, I just, Coma I guess, was a player. He was, he LC, was a player. He was LCK. 
Okay. I didn't I didn't watch LCK like season three up until SKT started playing, but I watched League since season one. He, so. he was like season one, season two a little bit. And I think he, he also played StarCraft a little bit too. Okay. But uh, I just, I, I guess my point is, is I feel like, you know, the fact that, you know, there isn't as much of an age gap um, really creates kind of like a discord in terms of just respect, in terms of, um, you know, players kind of like looking up to like the owners. And I think that can be, you know, like created through different means. Like, for instance, Reginald isn't that much older than a lot of the players, but like he's the owner. So he, you know, obviously demands a lot of respect because like if players don't listen to him, then he's, you know, either going to bench you or get rid of you. Right. So I, I just feel like there there definitely is a an issue with the fact that a lot of you know, there's not really an age gap with a lot of the players. What do you guys think? I'll let Sink go first. Um, Sorry, I don't know about age sure. specifically being the determining factor. It's like I more feel that it's uh, game knowledge. You know, most I feel like most people that uh, coaches that come in don't have a like a hard plan and don't really have like. Hmm, I don't know anything how to put this. Okay, let's say. Let's say like me or Locodoco, right? Let's say from our era, uh, I'm gonna like go off on a different tangent, by the way, not the strategy thing. So let's say no, that, that's fine. Let's say me or like when Locodoco first, uh, me when I first started coaching or Locodoco, like I was super like kind of play around with the players because I had just come off of being a player myself, and I like treated the people I was coaching the same way that I would was treating sort of like the people that I was playing with before. You know, where I'm like joking around, and you know, I'm like, haha, you're trolling and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it just took me, uh, it took me like a couple of seasons even to like to break those habits and to get more into where it's like, all right, we're showing up and we're, you know, we're here to do business, you know? Um, granted, like I've always, even when I'm joking around, I had that kind of mentality, but it's just, uh, I feel like it's not just the age. It's just, if you come from that gaming background and you know, you're, you, you know, you don't talk to people when you play League of Legends or you're online or anything, it's very uh, nonchalant and like very trolly, right? You know, everybody's just having fun and stuff so it's difficult to like bring that kind of professional atmosphere when you know i might even see that person in solo queue like an hour later and then like i might like feed his lane double bus or some shit so it's like kind of <laughs> it's kind of difficult to to have that happen and then like in the regards of, like loco doco like he's another example of that where um i mean you guys all know loco so i'm not gonna go like too far into it but like his type of personality it's just those types of personalities are, are like it's difficult to to coach younger players and even like players from different uh you know ethnic backgrounds like me coaching koreans and things like that like it's completely different the level of respect that they would show like a korean elder than that they would show to like me as an elder if that makes sense yeah i, I agree it's like it's not that uh, like kind of maturity comes with age but age isn't the important part it's just like like Sam was saying how do you have the game knowledge and have the maturity because most people who have that game knowledge grew up in the scene to begin with um and it's like a gradual thing where you have to become more mature now um like and i think like getting the game knowledge if you don't come in as a player is really hard like i i could not ever have coached my whole first year or like yeah basically my first year i don't think like i should have been a coach i wasn't a coach i was an analyst because like the level of game knowledge you need is, is really, really high. So like if you come into the scene from the outside, not as a player, you need to like learn from the players for a long period of time to know how they think about things. 
Um, Mark, was the name of that one guy that came in with you? The coach Roman. Team? Yeah, Roman. Oh, we, need, we need Roman back too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fun backstory. Like when I got hired, there's another guy who got hired. He was supposed to be the coach and I was supposed to be the analyst. And then like the guy just did nothing. He sat behind the players <laughs> and just like... <laughs> I ran all the meetings. The, the guy literally did nothing. And then Steve was like, dude, you have to do something. So then like he took over a scrim set where he was like much more adamant about the pick bands and what he wanted the players to do. And he made dominate, take Olaf, get double buffs and run bot lane level three to like siege bot turret. And Dom was like, this is fucking stupid. This is going to go so wrong. <laughs> and then, yeah, sure enough, Dom does that for a second. The other jungler comes down level four and just like they three be three and <laughs> they just die. <laughs> And like, yeah, you instantly lose all players' respect. Like, if you don't have the game knowledge, you just instantly lose their respect. And he was how done after that. He basically got fired like a couple of days later. How do you think it operated with, like, I guess G two, like with Weldon last year? Because apparently Weldon like actually had some say in terms of like how things are going on with games. So like, I'm curious like how that worked out because I, I believe Weldon clarified in a post that the the top that he was was like plat four or something like that. So. I'm just like it. I think like it's interesting to see. I feel like you, it's hard to find a good balance between like having a good game knowledge and also having like maturity slash coaching experience. Um, and I feel like that's like tough to some extent. I, I I guess like would you think that it would be beneficial to invest in like for for an org to invest in like coaching lessons or like classes or something for like an older player who you know might have like the game knowledge but not necessarily the coaching skills to be able to coach like a team do you think like that would work uh well first with the weldon point like he was a sports psychologist background and then i don't think anyone trusted him for like game knowledge for a while like he by the time he was on g2 that was already what two years after yeah i guess also being a part of like multiple other teams like i, I think you know people probably start trusting a little bit more as time went on but it wasn't like he started and people instantly were like, yeah, tell me what you think about this pick band. Like, I'm sure they don't, they don't care. Uh, yeah, I also think that like, I mean, I don't know personally what he did on the team, but in my opinion, like you have a bunch of senior players on that team who have been around for a while, like Mithy. And I guarantee you what he did was probably just like facilitate discussion and then like parrot what people said. So I am what Woodbuck was this or not Woodbuck, excuse me. The, uh, young, young, buck. Buck. young, yeah. Buck. Yeah. young buck was the actual coach. Yeah. yeah, so it's like you already have the, the like that kind of senior level of knowledge that's going to be around, and you can just pretty much just be a facilitator for discussions, and that is, that is what some teams need. Some teams actually need that. Maybe um, just as a way to wrap the discussion, uh, there was a really, and I I can promote this without being shameless because uh, it's on Yahoo. I make no money from it, but last year I did an interview with. Uh, Parth, who actually did, it was kind of interesting. He broke down sort of the three different aspects of coaching and how he sees, like when he was working with Weldon, the area that Weldon brought versus what Parth brought and sort of the ways in which you want to have like an ideal situation as you have between all your staff, like a way to cover all three of these different dynamics. I think uh, it was just super fascinating for me to hear about it. And I think it's really similar to kind of what Mark and Sane are talking about where there's like the gameplay aspect and then there's also the aspect where you're facilitating discussion between the players and making sure that those guys know what they're doing and and certain I think certain teams right now have you know maybe the gameplay guy but they don't have the other guy or whatever um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how this stuff evolves over time but thanks so much I, Patrick yeah and no problem also I forgot to ask you where are you calling from 
Oh, uh, from Mason, Ohio. Mason, Ohio. Well, keep holding it down in Mason. Yeah, I, I will try. <laughs> good, good luck. Catch <laughs> you later. All right, cool. Thank you to Patrick for the first call on the show uh, this week. Memento Mori has subbed. Epic X Kids Wars has subbed. Atif Mahmud has subbed. And Wraith Fire has subbed. We've got Kiwi Mullet Boy on the show. Kiwi Mullet Boy, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand. From New Zealand. What time is it there? Like five. Uh, it's almost six now. Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, what did you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to talk about how I watched C9's games this weekend and Licorice looked insane for me, at least. So, like, he was playing, he played Vlad into GP both games, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was up in CS both matchups. So I don't, I don't personally know the matchup between Vlad and GP and how that's meant to go and that but it just looked really good how he was playing and he like managed to do it for the maintain the pressure he had for most of the game and the team fights and all that yeah, there's and a I'm, just sorry to, to don't mean to cut you off but it's funny i was on the cloud nine subreddit earlier today and people are arguing that licorice is the best top laner in lcs right well, now in uh, uh, wow uh so just real quick on the vlad gp matchup vlad should shit on gp um, and the way most people think about it is Vlad should be having him pushed in CS lead and threatening to kill him. And like, if they get any help, like a, a jungler dives or a top lane roam, something like that, you should be killing the GP. So game one against impact people think, yeah, that was good. Game two versus flame. Actually flame was winning that matchup. Okay. Yeah. So um, he, he actually lost that matchup the second time. And that's to my second point. So in the first game, was it Svenskar and, got an early gank that really snowballed it so would you say it was licorice who won that lane or would you say it was finscaren who won that lane well it was smoothie who roamed up that's the one i mean yeah 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 um well it's like you can win the lane and your team should play around you to like blow it open um but in the second game he was like losing out on some trades and stuff so it's how much your team can play around you and which is why I don't know how Saint feels, but I feel like C9 plays around him so much in terms of draft. They always get him a winning matchup. I don't know if I've seen Licorice play a losing matchup. And then when they get into game, the team roams up to him all the time. They do a lot of stuff to make sure he's doing well and they play through him and he plays everything correctly. He does the matchups well. Um, so it's, it's hard to say like, you know, this is not deserve success in some way but it's like they they have a very clear game plan of what they're doing with him yeah i feel like he gets more attention than any of the top liners in the league outside of i mean yeah it probably is the most most attention out of all the top liners so like obviously it is like a winning matchup that he's been getting to and he he does play well but to go out and say that he's like the best top liner in the league is like that's a pretty big stretch and especially when it's such small sample sizes like these are bo1s and We've only played, you know, like what, eight games or something like that? Is it eight games? Eight games, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's only been eight games. Like, that's that's literally nothing. So I don't know. Uh, I want to see how these, I want to see these players in BO3s, BO5s, and like high intense matches and things like that. Cause last time we saw Licorice in something like that was a promotion series and he did play decent, I think. But, you know, I think when pressure's on, people play a lot, a lot different. 
How do you so overall? Overall, sorry, uh, Kiwi. Overall, where? How do you guys think Licorice is doing throughout the split so far? I know we're only eight games in, on best of ones, but where do you think he is? Because this was a guy that I asked because everyone before, like everybody's basically shooting on Cloud9. They're like, who's this licorice guy? Is this even going to work out? But from talking to the other top laners at LCS, they all seem to respect him. So I'm kind of interested in Mark and Saint's opinion. We used to scrim them a lot when we were on Dignitas, like when uh, licorice was on Challenger. And uh, he would like beat up on some days sometimes, usually in tank matchups, never in carry matchups. Like someday you would usually body them in the carry matchups. But... Uh, like I think he's, I think he's good, but I don't think that, I don't think he's like the top, the top of the food chain or anything like that. I think that is reserved for like Huni in, in someday, like easily. Yeah. What, what do you think of uh, Gravity Haunts or if it, if it ever becomes Malachi meta again? Yeah, dude. Double like Malachi. <laughs> Jesus, just look at a press W. How do you guys feel about <laughs> Impact's performance as of late? Because he he's had a pretty good, good year last year, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want to see him on probably one of his worst years. I want to see him on carries, and I want to see. Uh, I just want to see more out of him. I haven't seen enough. Like impact is like really swingy. Sometimes he's like, "Oh my, like what the hell? He's just hard carrying." And then other times, like, "Ugh, like, what are you doing, impact?" But he's like super swingy in the in the way that he is. Yeah, yeah, I, I generally agree. Like, I think he's less stable than the other best tops, and I don't think he plays the carries quite as well. Like, all right. And so to take him from that sort of level to the top, top laner, what would, so you would want him to be p- playing really well in best of series. Is that what you would say? I mean, that's I would, what it is for any player. I mean, I, I personally, like I watch, maybe this is just my opinion, but I watch, you know, the BO1s all throughout this season and I literally like don't take anything from any of the games. It's just like, well, that was a best of one. All right, like, see you next week, guys. Good show. Nice entertainment. And it's like, these, these games mean literally nothing. It, the, the, when the games actually mean stuff, it's playoffs. Like, I, I've been through with so many teams that just, like, smash in, like, the regular season. And I don't know if you guys remember Gravity, uh, you know, with, like, Keen and all that. Um, and, like, the BO1s, like, they had really good records. And then when playoffs come, when people get to figure you out, and when they, like, really press, like, press you down hard on, like, your, your champions, and, like, they figure out how you play... Like the imagine if like a team had like an entire like two three weeks to prepare for C nine they're like all right C nine like they only play through top mostly they give them so much help they develop like an entire like strategy around countering that like champions to counter that and then and then C nine's like oh fuck like they got us and then like you don't have enough time to figure it out in the middle of that series and then you just you're like super transparent as a player and then you just look like crap and that's just how like it really is at the end of the day. Okay. Cop in Twitch so chat says that Gravity got TSM on steroids in playoffs. Yes. <laughs> I feel like TSM in playoffs is always on steroids. Yeah, hey, that's true. All right. Thank you so uh, much, Kiwi Mullet Boy, for calling in. Yeah, thank I want to see C9 pick up something that's a losing matchup and watch them not play to him and s- still look good. So, Saint, if regular season means nothing, what you're saying is Cloud9 and Golden Guardians, they might actually might be the opposite of what we all think maybe golden guardians is the best team in the league we don't know because the regular season means nothing you'll never know because they ain't going to playoffs so oh yeah okay see that's that's a struggle you know (laughs) you gotta make it there like you gotta try a little bit so it means something it means something because there's a filter for playoffs na has been saying about worlds yeah the group stage is a farce 
Yeah. Exactly. It all nothing matters uh, until we decide it matters. Like Rift Rivals last year, Rift Rivals didn't matter until North America won it, and then it definitely mattered. Mattered more than any other tournament we'd ever seen. I just want to see BO3s and BO5s, man. I don't care what tournament it is. I don't, that's all I'll say. Yeah. All right. Looks like we got uh, Osk Williams. Is that how I'm pronouncing your name or how I should pronounce yeah, your name? Osk Williams. That works. Osk Williams. I'm sorry. I mispronounced it. It's, oh, it's such an easy name to pronounce. What? Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Long Island right now. Long Island right now. But later on, you might be calling from someplace else. It's a joke. Anyway, what do you want to talk about, Oscar Williams? <laughs> uh, I want to talk about uh, 100 Thieves. I think everyone was super hyped on this team, and I think people were ignoring how much could go wrong with their roster. Okay. Well, I mean, it seems like things are already going wrong with them. I'm glad you brought this up because I, I think that they're definitely somebody to talk about. Uh, but go ahead and continue. What, were, what are you thinking? Same was talking about before with you need to have a reliable place to really get your leads from. I think they're really lacking in that. I think someday could have been the guy. Seemed average. I don't know. Uh, I think Ryu was never going to be that guy. Last year. Cody Sum was a rookie. It's hyped for that, but he wasn't actually ABC. And I think everyone's talking about Afrimu shot calling, ignoring how weird CLG has been here. Yeah, I just think generally there's I don't see where they're getting. I think we're I think we're losing every every fifth or sixth word that you say, Oskolians. Uh, but I think generally speaking, you're just saying you feel like the the hype isn't necessarily there for their lineup. If you kind of go lane by lane, it feels like these guys aren't aren't they don't have the all stars. Yeah, and I think they had the veteran they had the veterans, so they had they got off to a good start early. But I think that I don't see this team I see this team being Optic tier long term. Optic tier long term. Okay. No, I wouldn't go that far. Is Optic tier a different tier than Golden Guardians tier? Golden Guardians is trash tier. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the breaks in your microphone make it so funny. All right. So <laughs> so is okay. The question here is how strong is Hundred Thieves? We're now past week four. They just had a zero two weekend. Uh, and is is the issue with them that their their lineup they've got some veteran players but nobody that really is uh, has what it takes you know similar to maybe what Saint was saying where's the star power who's gonna push it forward mm -hmm. for Golden Guardians I so, think they have star power and they have like the the talent in the roster but I feel like the way that that roster was put together is they just plugged together like every good player they could find and they just paid probably out the ass for it and mm -hmm. they're like all right go off and do it and then. Uh, I don't like personally know this, like from firsthand experience, but from what I understand from talking, like hearing about people about Prolly is that he's like a very good, like off the bat coach, like teaching fundamentals, but he's not like a, he's not like a advanced level coach where it's like you're developing really like intricate strategies and things like that. So I think that that's one of the reasons why they look so good, like right off the bat. And, you know, you also have like Aframu, like as a built in shot caller, like you have all your pieces of your puzzle right there. Like it's all together, but it's not like, the prettiest looking puzzle at the end of the day. Like some of the pieces that like, like chewed up by your dog or something. <laughs> or your cat. I was yeah. a, I was a CLG fan. I still am, but I feel like after shot calling is the most overhyped. 
pace. He's just, just aggro. He's just aggro shot caller. There's so many CLG games I've watched where they have a lead and they just... And I'm like, what the fuck How's, how's this season looking? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it is hard, it's hard to say <laughs> Afro shot calling isn't great uh, whenever and like overrated or whatever. And then you look at CLG now and it feels like they're just That's missing right. any direction. Yeah, and they're supposed to be better. Uh, I think CLG, like Darshan and Huhi are pretty vocal. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of those pre 20 minute aces that were happening when Afro was on the team are still happening. And it's like, hmm, what are the consistent factors here? They have two <laughs> aggro as fuck solo laners. So Darshan was flashing into NAR with Camille when NAR was at like 400 health level two or something, whatever that play was. Like, they play pretty aggro regardless of, of Afro. And like, you can hear Afro's comms and some of the mic checks, and he's like, very intelligently explaining what's going to happen, like the Baron contest, where he was like, "This guy's going to do this. Save your CC and kill him when he does it." And like, I think Afro shot calling isn't really overrated. I think it depends. Like, if people are saying he's like the greatest ever in North America, and the only reason people win, it's like, all right, yeah, no, he's not that good, but he is—he is a good shot caller, one of the best you can get. Yeah, I think he's smart. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a, oh, go ahead. Thing I think that. Uh, if, if what you say about media ever out uh, probably being a really good early in the season coach, I think the team is looking pretty rough because Medios and Ryu have both had a lot of motivation and burnout issues, and it probably doesn't really have what it needs to get them to that next level anywhere but down from here because every other team is improving and getting their roster really well integrated now. I mean, I'm sure they have other staff that they have. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know who all's on there, but like, uh, hmm. I don't know, like, uh, I mean, I've worked with like, uh, you know, someday in, in uh, those kind of players. And I feel like as it, maybe it is because it's BO1, but I feel like as the season goes on, like those type of players just like don't care as much, I guess, until like it becomes like really crunch time. So that's what I see from like Ryu and someday and those type of players. Maybe like they will get it together near the end of the split. But I think that now that we're sitting in the middle of the split and like they have like a comfortable enough lead where... They don't have to be like wor- too worried. I feel like they're. they're I mean, not, do like, you think they have a here. comfortable enough lead where they don't have to be too worried? Uh, I, they, they probably. I mean, they'll probably go to playoffs. I don't see any oh, way they'll go to playoffs anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's after this weekend, though. You know, like yeah. I think that. But, I mean, that, the weekend was against what FlyQuest and Golden Guardians. They should have beaten that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> best of ones, excuse time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, maybe maybe it is best of ones, but. I don't know. I feel like they probably just went into this week. They were like really cocky. You know, they probably didn't try as hard as they could have in scrims. They didn't develop like a good enough strategy. They're probably like, oh, we're against Golden Guardians. Like, ha ha ha. Like, this will be fun. You know, and then they just got bit in the ass by it. Like, I've seen it happen like a million times. And it's, it's BO1 too on top of that. So if somebody comes in and like screws you, like a, with, you know, an allowing the orange pick or something like that, you're, it's going to bite you in the ass super hard because you're just, you're not, you're not sharp and you're not ready. Two so, things here. Time will tell. Two things here. Last week we had a caller that came in and predicted Hundred Thieves downfall and said that the players have a lot of burnout issues on that team, and he he just thinks that uh, that Hundred Thieves is going to burn out. I think at the time we were very skeptical of this, but does it feel like there's a potential here where these guys are burning out? I mean, that's kind of what Saint I think you're saying, right? Is that some of the players are kind of whatever, like just going to kick back and and relax a little bit? Yeah, you can call it burnout or whatever you want to call it, but I think that yeah, they're just probably just not. They're just they have uh, have being lazy or just not trying their hardest when 
you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like crunch time. I just feel like that's how it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know if I call it burnout because burnout to me is like, I don't want to even think about this game. Get me out of here. And this feels more like we've all been to playoffs so many times. We've all been to like big game moments that it's hard to get yourself up again, which is like the impact symptom where it's like, all right, he's a beast in playoffs again. What happened when he looked awful in week five? Yeah. Uh, I think if this team makes playoffs and it's not like a, a big issue, I think they'll, they'll, they could look a lot better too. Really quickly before we leave the hundred thieves uh, situation, what if everyone was wrong about Echo Fox blowing up? Everybody's been waking, waiting for that fuse to go. <laughs> Echo Fox is not going to blow up, and Hundred Thieves is actually blowing up behind the scenes. Because in in an interview I did with probably during week three, he was talking about how uh, these players are all veterans. They all have their own idea on how it's supposed to work, and that kind of getting them all to work together has is, is been a bit of a challenge, especially because these guys are used to previous teams, and now you've got... So it's not that hard to imagine that happening. And I think if you watch the heist uh, that went up this past week, there's a scene there where, like, Medios is really unhappy with Prolly's draft. Yeah, it's like it's kind of awkward. And then, like, the assistant coach or manager, somebody's just trying to get them to, like, move on from the conversation about the draft and saying, like, oh, this isn't any one person's fault or anything. It feels to me like... 100 Thieves is actually the team that's blowing up and it was never going to, or Echo Fox is not the one. It's kind of everything is going the opposite of what we expected. Yeah, that's the last thing I'll say. Meteos is the new Dardock, Breaking Point Part 2. Everyone get hyped. All right, great great way to end the call. Thanks, Usk Williams. Really appreciate the call. Yeah, have a good one. I think if there was one player I I have actual concerns about in terms of like burnout and stuff, it probably would be Meteos just because like, I was always sketchy when they signed to come back on. It's a guy who's like dipped in and out of the scene a couple times since his C9 days. And I, I was not super sold on that move. I wanted to believe that he was going to be motivated and ready to go. But like, that's easy to think in the preseason. And then like when shit hits the fan and things aren't going right, and you need to talk it out and get on the same page with seven other people, potentially like I'm not, I wasn't convinced that Medios was, was quite ready for that. All right. So I, I could see that be, becoming an issue. Of I don't think everyone will have a burnout issue on that team. Bring this to the analyst desk, Mark. This is the new narrative. When we had Dash on before, we were talking about how long are you guys going to push this Echo Fox blow up narrative? It's now the what? We haven't put, that's, No one's pushing that. Stop pushing it, Mark. All you ever do is talk about Echo what, Fox blowing well, I'm up. I'm so confused. Like, one, in the preseason, I never said they were like going to do well and then blow up. I thought that they were just going to be inconsistent. I feel like the countdown. You guys call it the countdown because you guys are counting down how many games until Echo Fox blow up. Like, that's actually the, the point of that show. Yeah, well, after the first two weeks, when everyone was, like, memeing how good they were, yada, 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 we're like, well, let's see what happens when the first loss does. But, like, for now, it looks great. Yeah. But we're not constantly after every win, like, by the way, guys, they still look good. So get ready. <laughs> T-minus four games still Echo yeah. Fox blows up. covering that, like, every win. Uh, it's so good. All right, we just got out of the CLG TSM game, but how long until Echo Fox blows up? All right, uh, let's see. Uh, we've got I'm really that guy who just subbed and Fig Newton eleven seventy seven who subbed. Thank you guys for the subs. Trying to see if we can get to four hundred uh, sub points tonight. We're at three hundred seventy two. Your help makes it happen. Get the shit out of here. <laughs> we've got fool on a hill here. Fool on a hill. Clearly, you're calling from a hill. But can you tell us where the hill is located? The hill is located in San Diego, California. Hey, my hometown. I love San Diego. 
I uh, actually what, just moved here. Oh, well, it's great. You've, I want to move there when I retire. Uh, if you're on a hill, you're probably in the La Jolla area. I'm uh, not actually on a hill. Oh, it's actually. Yeah, well, I'm well, sorry. I lied to you. Listen, I bet that's a terrible way to start the show, but or start the call. <laughs> but what, what do you want to talk about? So I want first off, I want to leave this. I'm a TSM fan. So sorry, chat. I know everyone in this chat hates TSM fans, but that's OK. Uh, Let's go. I want to talk. I want to talk about how TSM obviously has a huge problem with proactivity, lack of it. And I think the main issue seems to be stemming from Bjergsen's style of shot calling and how he plays a really slow, methodical, controlled game. And the Peter was actually the only source of like aggressive shot calling on TSM. But now that he's off the team and they actually brought on Mithy, who is actually also shares Bjergsen's same style of slow shot calling. So I think that this team is probably doomed to fail in international unfortunately because all right you're a tsm fan predicting tsm to fail internationally yeah i know what a hot take i'm fitting yeah i know (laughs) i i uh i didn't know he was gonna say i I saw the uh get him get him off the show mark screen these callers i saw the bit about the i'm just kidding i'm just kidding the problem he's in san diego he's a great guy uh i'm happy to have him here even if twitch chat is spamming the hang-up emote all right so the question is uh, maybe we can formulate this as is TSM's roster. Uh, do you think that this roster? Here's a question: is is better or worse than last year's Fool on a Hill? Um, it's hard to say. I think it was. It might be slightly better. I do think that, unfortunately, that the sh- the shot calling that Mithy's bringing isn't really adding much in pers- like types of play styles they can bring because if you look in previous iterations of tsm they've always had issues with early to mid game decision making and i don't know if Mithy's really bringing much of that to the table whereas i definitely think that double lift was bringing a lot of that when he was on tsm because back in 2016 i honestly feel like tsm looked like they were the best possible iteration that could have been successfully successful internationally because they were such a dominant early game team and they were just stomping competition and so with with that major voice gone now i don't know if they're actually going to be able to be successful internationally okay so you think worse is what all that amounts to i think that's uh, fair to say and cop and twitch chat is spamming worse so reformulating this 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 question saint and mark is it? Do you think it's early enough? Can we say is TSM worse than they were last year? And is this roster not going to be better than last year's? I'd say for now they're worse. Um, the roster is really weird to me because okay, like remember when Double If wasn't on TSM before, and then I remember they said that like Hanser had to pull like a lot more weight in the shot calling and stuff. And you guys remember the meta then was like. All right, I'm the the Malachi or whatever, and like yep. I'm gonna push out the side lane, and then I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna start the play, and then we're gonna have the fight. Like he's playing gangplank, you know, like the hell is he gonna like TP in and like shoot somebody with the gats? Like it's just, you know, like they can't bring that voice in. He can't fill that that hole. And I like he was even talking to Hunter about that this like after this weekend. Like you could tell that I don't know what it is, but like Mithy, like Mithy should be the person that's facilitating a lot of these plays, like Mithy and Mike Young, because like that's where the positions of where plays get made now in in the game, and he's building like QSS first item on Rakan. When like you notice every every single other like good Rakan player, like Gorilla is going Zeke's because Zeke's gives you like the most rundown power and like allows you to be as explosive as possible. 
Like he even did it like on Tom Kench when he didn't need to. Like he's he's play he's building scared and like you can tell just by like I don't want to get caught, you know, and then like I could lose the game or like he could catch me out. Like just you can tell just by his item builds without even like knowing anything about the team that like that's that's not the person that's like you know hitting the hammer like starting the plays and like getting things done. If you're building like that, you're scared and you can't be scared when it's like a forty minute game and you gotta like you gotta make the play to like get some shit done. And then Mike Young, Mike Young is, he's still a rookie in my eyes. Like, I, I don't know. He did have his time on P1, but I don't think that, like, did you look at the champions that he came from? He was playing, like, Nidalee and, like, all these, like, pick-type pick champions, not, like, big team fight facilitators. So when it's really hard to, like, start a big team fight as just the tank and be the primary engage in, in a big game, because literally everybody is waiting to, like, either flash your ability or to, like, you know, QSS or like get out of it in some way, shape or form. So if it's not perfect, you literally instantly lose the game. There's a lot of junglers that you can see that are trying to do it. Like Acadian is like a prime example of that. And you can see like the Acadian and Mike Young type junglers that are like really fumbling this. So I think this TSM's problem is, is they don't have somebody that can facilitate plays like this, like every single time. And that's why they look like they're choking and that they don't know what to do. Cause like, is it in the back of their mind? Like, oh, I'm going to fuck it up. Like, that's why we can't do anything. So they just need to, I think their coaching staff needs to go in and like kind of like show like what every single team that is really quick and strong about their plays are doing and then just kind of like run it over with the the people that are responsible for it and like get them out of like that that like funk that they're in because I think Mithy and Mike Young are mechanically you know gifted enough to do all this kind of stuff so it's actually funny how similar this answer is to the one that, that Saints just gave that I gave to Thorne earlier in the day when we were talking about this kind of stuff like I, I agree. There's like concert was a huge part of like they're engaging previously. Like it wasn't Biofrost, it was kind of Sven, and then it was like Hanser on a lot of tanks and stuff back when tanks were more meta. And he's he is like a, a pretty he's the most aggressive player on TSM generally speaking, like in terms of laning and stuff as well. So I I was saying a similar thing where it's like it sucks that they don't have Hanser to engage anymore because he's just spamming GP and. uh they TSM has like really amazing gold lead stats and stuff like that. But when you look at their games, you're not like you don't see them doing much to get those leads. It's mostly off the fact that like they're all mechanically great. And then it's like they don't have the ability, either like the ability to sync up on an execution or like the mindset to look for it. I'm not quite sure which of the two it is, but like with how with the leads that they get, they should be closing games out like C9 and Team Liquid and Echo Fox. Yeah, and that's definitely the point that I was trying to make is they definitely don't have that cohesion or that that drive like Peter definitely seemed like he was the main voice in making those aggressive shot callings where they could dive bottom lane and make all those plays and they could play around him. And I, I, I definitely think Hanser has been stepping up and is a huge, was, is a huge rock for TSM. And I think he's, and I don't even blame, blame Mike Young because he is newer. And I definitely think he's been improving a lot recently. I mean, if you look at it compared to week one, he's actually making the plays on, on when he can and making the engages that he needs to it's just yeah like just like uh Saint Vicious was saying it doesn't always work out and then it can go really really wrong really fast great hey thank you Phil on the hill i really appreciate it uh mark the next caller can you grab menberg or check with him and see if it's it's working thanks for uh, having me sure. on guys yeah thank you Phil. <clears throat> all right so we got avon han uh, Chow is a Biatch has subbed. Ranner TV subbed. Uh, Diablo CG subbed. 
Obi Pwn Kenobi subbed, Arrow Tempest, The Pit Father, and Killing You Guy have all subbed. Same. How go. much? How much did Mengbung have to play to hop the line, Travis? Just so people in chat know how much it costs. Yeah, it costs five thousand dollars. No, Mengbung Disney Fast Pass. Mengbung uh, is a sub, so I noticed in the sub chat that he was talking about this. But he specifically really wanted to be the person to counter that last call, which is why I I asked him to hop the line. So Mengbung, you have a different opinion on all this. What are your thoughts? Okay, so one, I think Saints been trying to hit this for the whole LCS. I think best of ones are the problem in judging team strength or cohesion. Uh, two, I don't think that Bjergsen is like the problem. I mean, it's really kind of hard to say that Bjergsen is the problem when he's been on every team that's made it into the finals and arguably has been one of the strongest players in the world at his position or in general. Uh on top of that, I just think that the uh, it's gonna it's gonna take more time because they they should have beaten Echo Fox. There's no way they should have lost to Clutch Gaming. Uh, their record is not who they think they who we think they are to quote like NFL quotes. But when when you just look at the way that they're playing, they obviously have cohesion problems. But this is best of ones. If you would have a best of three system, I think by now at the same week we would have a better idea about, oh, yeah, Song and TSM, they're getting all together, and Mike Young's got a really good hold of the jungle pool now and how they are supposed to work together and allocate resources. Right, there we go. So what do you guys think, Saint? Mm, I don't know. You, you know what's funny about VO1? Like, could you imagine if last split was VO1? You remember how, like, it was always a running joke or, like, haha. TSM lost the first game with the BO3 again. Yep. And this is like basically what it would look like. You know, it pretty much imagine if like uh, what their score would have been last split if it was BO1. It'd probably look something similar to this, right? So, but do yeah, we think, was, do we think TSM is losing because they keep getting like cheesed or screwed over in these best of ones? Like there is, it's, it's not like. No. Well, no, but like even even last split, it wasn't like people like game one were like, here's all these ridiculous things that were and then they would adapt. It was like they just generally speaking, seem to be like a slow starting team in game ones like, yep, or whatever. Yeah. It like they, they they've never been like the like unbelievable. The teams Sorry. are teams are weird in the BO3 like that because like even Dignitas we we'd always win we had like a I looked at it as like eighty seven percent win rate or something on a BO3 like on the first game and then we'd like have like an eighty percent loss rate on the second game it's like we're gonna lose that every time man it doesn't matter how well we prepare them so it's like some players just play a lot better in the first game and some players may play better in the second game it's weird some players need to be like warmed up maybe like some of the TSM players are like that and then yeah so it's it's kind of weird to like try to uh, gauge like player strength in a, in a BO1 setting. Here's yeah. a question. Oh, uh, I want, no problem. Uh, for saying about best of ones. So like when the best of three change came through to the regular season, I was really excited because I was like, great, hopefully they get rid of it at Worlds 2 and stuff, but they never did. And it doesn't seem like they're going to. So if Worlds is going to have best of ones, do you are you more all right with best of ones existing in the league format as well? Or do you just wish like even with best of ones in Worlds, you would still want best of three in the league system? On like the knockout stage, I think BO ones are fine. It's just, I don't know. It's just a different. It's a different game. It's like a different yeah. style. Like okay. it's, it's not like one's better or worse than the other. It's just like each has its pros and cons, in my opinion. 
Okay, but kind of getting back I, to what Menbung was saying. Sorry, really quick, Menbung. No, you're good, man. Is TSM getting screwed over by best of ones? Are they just the innocent victim team cast by a cruel system, <laughs> a best of one system that doesn't allow them to show their true power? Um, I think they're a bad best of one team, and it's or I, I would guess they're about best of one. It's hard to say because we haven't seen this roster play elsewhere yet, but it seems like TS, TSM has had best of one struggles uh, pretty consistently. So is that Riot's fault or TSM's fault? Why would it be Riot's fault? Well, I mean, here the question, I, the reason I'm formulating it this way is because I think there are TSM fans, Menbung probably being one of them, that think like, oh, my TSM, why does Riot have to be so cruel and change the oh, best no. of threes? Uh, no, okay, no, no, that's not what. I, okay, this is my biggest thing: is that best of ones cause Reddit tier analysis across the board to where we just have instant reactions and oh, CG beat TSM, therefore Clutch Gaming is better than TSM. And it's like, no, I mean, I'm from Houston, Texas, I love Clutch, but there's no way I can look at them on paper and think that oh my god, if only TSM was playing best of threes. Like the caller before said that last year's iteration in best of threes was the best you know, TSM that he's seen, but they still struggled in game one of best of threes, you know, and I don't, and I've, correct me if I'm wrong, either, any of y'all, but I don't think songs ever coached in best of ones outside of world's knockout stage for immortals or previously when he was in Korea. So like, I'm not trying to say that, Oh, TSM, woe is us? Like, yeah, y'all need to get your game together because this is what we deal with. Every team is dealing with best of ones, but to have this, Oh, it's Bjergsen. Oh, you know, no, oh, Mythian. It's just give them some time because, like, again, it, it's technically like a best of one round robin, and we'll find out at the end. I just, I think, like Saint said, like, if it was best of ones last year, TSM probably doesn't even make playoffs. So the little overreaction from the community, and especially some people on the TSM subreddit, is a little bit overblown. I still think, because I called in two weeks ago and said, week four, we'll find out if TSM's good enough. To and I think we're at the place where we still think that they're pretty good. You st- you're saying you still think they're pretty good after this weekend? Yeah, I think I think that you definitely it, you can see it in clutch gaming game. They didn't secure objectives correctly, and in in the Echo Fox game weeks ago, that they did one overdie and through the rest of the game. Very good. Um, let me ask you this, Menbung. So you don't. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is a, a maybe a symptom of best of ones, but doesn't it does it raise any red flags for you that like when TSM inevitably rallies and wins the split again and all that stuff and goes to international competition? Are you not at all concerned about um Oh what? no, definitely a concern. I think that's why like it's not it's not something to wear. Wow, Saint just left. I'm sorry. Uh yeah, no, I'm sure he's dealing probably, with the cat uh, or something. Yeah. Uh I think that it's it's a symptom of TSM, so it's definitely not like song or anything in particular, but like best of ones have always been a TSM problem. So I don't know if you want to put that on what's coming down from the top at Reggie, not to throw, you know, daggers at the man, but that there's something inherent within TSM and how they run or read the meta within their staff that doesn't allow them to shine in best of ones. Uh, so going towards international events, as a TSM fan, you would be... Uh, ignorant to think that, oh, well, we won the split, so we're going to do great at international events. It's like, well, international events are best double round robin, best of one, so good luck. 
All right. So, uh, not, so, so you're not saying that the system is screwing over CSM. You're just saying no, stop looking at at Bjerg and everybody. It's just uh, they need well, to figure out so how to deal hold with on, customers. hold on, Travis. I got a question, Membug. So there's a consistent problem with TSM and best of ones, and you don't want to throw daggers at Reggie. Who do you throw daggers at? There's not that many consistent players across the splits. Fact, I, uh, I mean, like, obviously, he's probably the consistent figure throughout all of them, even pre and Now, granted, those best of ones are a little bit different, and the quality of, a, of the league scene was a whole lot different. The teams weren't necessarily as good or probably red metas as well but uh I, th I just think that going from especially for tsm fans or especially the ones who like are anti-tsm fans like love to see tsm lose that this best of one like reddit tier analysis overreaction is just a little bit too much so i just think oh tilted head mark gotcha okay you want to come in on that chime in no i'm just saying this is a, a lot of wordplay <laughs> To uh, to get around saying Bjergsen's the consistent member. Well, no, okay, so like, but Bjerg, if well, if if that's what the whole premise is, that Bjergsen's the consistent member. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just mostly fucking with you, dude. Dang. Like, I don't, I don't it's think, fine, you think Bjergsen's the problem directly. So, yeah. Basically, the one consistent thing, and I mean, maybe you guys don't agree with me on this, but I'm like pretty strong opinionated about this. But the one consistent thing in TSM, and one of the reasons why they succeeded so much throughout the years. And the difference is that Reggie's probably not coaching the team right now. And guess what happens at the end of every split as it goes in the playoffs? Like, Reggie starts coaching the team. And I don't give a fuck. Like, Reggie's probably the best coach in, in like, NA, like, easily. Like, better than the song, better than any of those people. And, like, he's going to come in, and he's going to get the shit together. And he's going to get people playing aggressive. And he's, like, very aggressive in, like, the way that he makes plans in the game and getting stuff done. And I think that that's just really what's happening right now. And... Then and it's going to come to the end of the split, like near playoffs, like week eight, week nine. Reggie's going to be like, all right, Song, like, you had your chance. Like, you, you taught Mike Young to play Sejuani. Good job. And he's going to come and he's going to get the shit together. And then they're just going to come in and take, like, a fat dumpster on, like, TL or, like, whoever they got to go against. And that's just that's just how it's going to happen. And that's, so, that's how it so always happens. Can, then can I just reframe the the kind of picture? Is it the same thing that we y'all talked about two weeks ago with CLG? How there's no alphas on the team? <laughs> I hate when we talk about no, alphas. Any chads? Uh, yeah. but, but but that kind of gets down to what Saint Session uh, saying is that well, Reggie look, rather than saying f uh, real alphas, maybe there's not any strong leadership or strong vision. Someone that takes control, which I guess was the callers, you know. Uh, point about having double lift, but at the same time, you know, that apparently it's not, comes up it's not the player. It's like, okay, I'll give you an example, right? So when we worked at Dignitas, all right, I'll give you an example. So basically, uh, you know how you were talking before about 100 Thieves, and it's like all these players like have their different views of like how to do everything. You know, we basically came at the end of the split. It's like, all right, someday we're first picking you Maokai every fucking game. And he's like, but I don't want to play Maokai. That's nice. Like, you're Maokai. And like, we're only. <laughs> We're, we're playing through bot lane only. Like, Shrimp, you can gank top one time. That's all you get. Then you're only going bottom, you know? Like, we pretty much set up, like, the whole strategy for the game. And it's like, this is the game plan, and this is what we're going to do. It, it has nothing to do with being a Chad or being, like, whatever. It's about you go into the game, and it's like, it, you get everybody's ideas together, and you push them together in, like, one direction. It doesn't mean that one way is right or wrong. It's just that everybody's on the same page doing the same thing. Like that's all that matters. And and an example from this split would probably be C9, where like 
traditionally C9 ganks mid and they play around mid and all this stuff mid. And like Sven, when he joined C9, was like, I'm looking forward to being aggressive again in some stuff in some interviews. And it's like, well, now he's playing Sejuani Skarner every game and everyone's going top. And it's like, maybe that's not how everyone on the team wants to play that game. But I bet Reaper is like, this is what we're doing with Licorice. Deal with it. Exactly. You think that Sneaky wants to be like, all right, Sneaky, you're getting no ganks. We're going top. It's like, nice. I love no ganks. You know? Give me Ezreal. I'll farm with Q. Yeah. It's like, nobody <laughs> wants to do that shit. Like, because somebody's going to get shafted. That's how, like, Pro League is. Somebody's going to get the short in the stick. Do you think Sneaky gives a fuck? He's making, like, God knows how much money streaming. Like, haha, my butthole itches. We're ganking top. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he doesn't care. Like it's it, that's why it's like great that Licorice can look good and like they can play through that lane. You know, it's, it's all good. Like it just doesn't matter what your playstyle is, what lane you go through. It's that you develop a strategy to go through. Like you need like um, one lane, one primary lane, and you need like a secondary lane. And so like for C nine, the secondary lane is like mid, and then primary lane is top. So. Well then, if your primary man, lane, man, I, I hate to cut you off, but we we have less than half an hour. We got some Thanks, more cars to get through. Thank you yeah, so much for you. calling calling in and providing a different opinion. Oh, I think you know what you want to do for your, your highlight, right, Travis? I mean, start, uh, start as soon as people up. start talking about TSM, I was like, well, that's well, the we YouTube do, highlight. We only talk about TSM for money. We make sure to get one TSM <laughs> topic of the week so that we can make that highlight video. I right? mean, the sad thing is, is I make a highlight video about Golden Guardians. Nobody's going to watch it. And those highlight videos are more about getting people to become aware of the podcast and the show. And so it's it's almost more of an advertising thing, less of a money thing. I just like it yeah. when people know about the show. Because then they'll oh, come and watch the Golden Guardians part. Luckily, Saint also dropped probably the funniest bit in the show. On that Good job, part, Saint. So. Um, all right. Let's grab another caller. In the meantime, we had a bunch of people that hooked us up. Uh, Arrow Tempest uh, subbed for two months. Uh, the Pit Father, Killing You Guy, Super Ordinary, Obi Pwn Kenobi, donated 2,000 bits and says to help pay with the double lift appearance fees and interviews. And then he also donated 1,000 bits and said, this is for Mark for having to deal with the curse days. I'm a fan, but feels bad, man, for those days. All so right. they weren't that bad. Saint was there making it all, all right. Yeah. All right. We got Loud Visible Ninja on the show. Where are you calling from, Loud Visible Ninja? I'm calling from uh, Texas Lubbock in university. Very cool. Well, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about NALCS work ethic. I heard uh, Saint Vicious talk about this uh, in a I Will Dominate stream. Okay. Okay, so this is what I want to talk about. I think NA's work ethic is pretty shit. Like, you don't see any of the solo queue players, like, top the ladder. Another thing is, if, if you watch any of the top laners play Gangplank compared to LCK, is a huge difference. Like, the like some examples are, like, the length of the barrel... Like, I think I was watching Licorice play Gangplank, and it was actually hurting my eyes. Like, he was... He would put the, the barrels so close together, and, like, even the Q timing. Uh, another example about in the, the work ethic here is... Uh, uh, well, what was the uh, the thing that... I remember I pulled you in now that you mentioned it about... You said... Ex what was the specific thing that you said you saw on Dom's stream that they were talking about, just so Saint can, can maybe turn okay. on that? Well, Saint was talking about that he, he thought... Uh, let me see. Where, I'll just say it. Basically, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he 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 said exactly. Uh, they, they were just collecting paychecks. I don't. Okay, that's being a little 
brash about it. But Wait, Saint, just, you just said all the players in NA are just collecting paychecks? That's what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, it's VO1. <laughs> it, just, it comes out of this, all right? It's VO1. It's in the middle of the season. Like, I feel like just nobody gives a shit to the level that they could. It's it's not the same players that, like, when they're in playoff mode. It's just not. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, that's why you don't see people, like, climbing up the ladder, spamming the hell out of games. What you what you probably see is like, all right, I played my scrim games today. Time to put in my mandatory three games after the scrims, and then I'm going to go to the gym and talk to my girlfriend. You know, it's like, it's not, it's just not the same. And um, when people are in playoff mode, it's like, all right, I'm staying up all fucking night, and I'm going to, like, grind out these games. I want to be the best damn GP you ever seen. And... Hmm. They're gonna just—they're just gonna go ham. They're gonna go really ham. I mean, I hear and some of the teams are triple blocking already and taking and working and scrimming Mondays too. Wait, see, I don't think triple blocking uh, is. I don't know. But go ahead. See, do you think uh, the bottom tier, the bottom tier teams are also have like that same mentality, or is that just like a top tier team? I'm sure. I'm sure the bottom tier teams are grinding just as hard. Like, just the amount of time you put into the game is not always like doesn't always reap results and benefits. Like you need to, I think that like you say like triple blocking, right? Like I think this is my personal opinion, but I think that triple blocking is not as good because sometimes you need like a solo environment where you can like have goals set for yourself or like somebody helps you with goals and you can go into the solo queue environment and you can like actually practice champions that you wouldn't normally practice or whatever. Like you're not always going to get gangplank. It's always going to be banned or you know, you're not going to get to practice certain champions. Like, let's say Alawi, right? Like, where do you think Lorlo practiced that Alawi and, like, mastered it and stuff? Do you think it was in a scrim environment? I'm sure he's played it in scrims, but he got good at that champion because he played it in solo queue, probably streaming, you know? Same thing with Sneaky. Like, Sneaky streams a lot of games after his uh, scrims, and he gets to play a lot of different champions and, like, hone those champions and make them better. And I'm sure, like, he is trolling on stream, but he is, like, practicing and trying to like get better and 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 like the different champions and all that and like have like a wide variety of things that you can pull out and yeah i think that well just not a lot of people are pounding out the games right now like they normally would that's just my opinion i also think uh i've talked to some coaches about the triple block thing and it's it's like the amount of focus that you want in a scrim block is pretty high and like expecting people to maintain that level of focus over the course of what is probably then like 10 hours of scrims like over the course of the day with a couple breaks in between. It's like, it's not really reasonable to expect them to keep that level of focus. And solo queue is a nice way to keep practicing the game while not needing the level of mental engagement that like you're asking for with scrim. And I know a, a couple high, like high placing teams who were doing triple blocks towards the end of like last season, some of the people talking to me like, yeah, those were like borderline a waste because like we were just so tired at that point that like, we're yeah. going through the motions of a scrim, and if you're doing that in a scrim, there's no point to doing it as a scrim. But it does Sorry. fly in the face of the they're just collecting paychecks comment that Saint made, which I love. They don't want to. They don't want to burn out. Like there is burnout. Like if you have to, if you are triple blocking at this point in the split, you're gonna mentally, you're gonna fatigue really fast. And then when it does come to crunch time, you're not gonna be able to do it. Like you can't. It's hard to like keep that level of focus, you know, for two two and a half months where you're just pounding out the game over and over and over again and like making sure you have peak level focus even in your solo queue games so i think that a, a lot of where good players are developed is actually in solo queue like i think crown is a good example of that you know lck player you notice like last year people always oh said God. they're like well this guy is just rank one like all year and like destroying remember when like faker was destroying like super hard like well faker's just rank one always you know like there is something that goes hand in hand being in the korean ladder in 
being like top tier, being like a top ranked player, because th their ladder is no joke. Like you have to be good to like get up on that. I think okay, let's say Suntopolis, right? Suntopolis went over and he went and he climbed up really high in that ladder. He's like come back on FlyQuest. He's actually playing, you know, pretty well now. Like a lot better than he played in all the different teams that he played before. And that's why I think that putting in that like high level focus in so in the solo queue environment and like actually having things to work towards are really important. And I think that just not you can tell like I doubt like even half the LCS is doing that right now because it's the BO1 environment. And I think that as it comes towards playoff time, it's going to be you know a way different thing and people are going to be trying a lot harder yeah all right uh so do you think na let's just wrap this up loud visible ninja was essentially saying na players are lazy and using a quote of yours to sort of back up that argument do you think na players are lazy i, I don't think any players are lazy but i think they don't put the time and effort and not even that night because like i know time and like how focused you are like of trying to get better is like another thing in like the LCK, for example, or like even other regions like LPL. So sorry, you're so you're saying they're not lazy; they're just not putting in as much work. Yeah. Okay. And is that Mark? Same. Same talked about this a little bit. Mark, do you how do you agree with that? Um, this is a a more complicated answer than I'd, I'd want to give right now. What? So we get nothing? Well, I think like. Undoubtedly, I've always said that I don't think North America regions, generally speaking. So, but like, it's it's not like it's a different environment too. So I I don't know what's like what to tell you. Yeah. All right. Well, depressing, depressing way to end this. But thank you so much for calling in, Loud Visible Ninja, and thank you for giving me the quote. They're just picking up paychecks because that's uh, I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. All right. Uh, we got a couple more callers in the next uh, 18 or so minutes. Thank you to Chrono MK for $10. Who says no bamboozle. Lagunas who says donated $10 to send Sven and Mithy back to EU. I don't think it's that's <laughs> I don't think that's gonna cover the cost of the tickets. Uh, Decilodite gifted a sub to Saint Vicious. Congratulations, Saint Vicious, on becoming an official sub. Uh, you can now use a picture of Mark on your stream. Uh, and Obi Pwn Kenobi donated a thousand dollars or a thousand bits. I wish a thousand dollars, a thousand bits. I said these bits are for when Saint had hair and support cop for like two weeks of glory. Uh, Batspeak, you might need to turn them up. Uh, Batspeak, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Merced, California. From uh, where in California? Uh, Central Valley. Okay, Central Valley, California. And yeah, I turned you up as much as I can, but if you can, uh, if you can just get a little closer to the mic or whatever, that'd be helpful. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, so, due to the NALCS franchising, do you think there should be a NALCS Hall of Fame? An NALCS Hall of Fame. Yeah, like the NFL has the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The, I would say not until LCS existed for 10 years. I don't know if I would uh, say that it would happen, you know, just because this year we franchised, but I like the idea of celebrating players who had really great accomplishments. I think the problem is, and I don't know what Mark and Saint think about this, is that if you look back at some of the accomplishments of previous players in NALCS, it feels kind of different now or strange. I don't know. Like the, it's, it's hard to imagine Hotshot or Reggie, who are now like running teams or whatever, getting initiated into the League of Legends NALCS Hall of Fame right now or in the next couple of years. 
I don't know. I think Call of Fame's just a big circle jerk. But even if you were to put me in it, I'd just be like, all right, I'll still be the guy who got remembered for missing Smite. You know, like nobody gives, <laughs> I feel like nobody gives a shit, you know? Can we put you in the Hall of Fame for missing Smite, you know? The you know, amount oh, of Smites right. that you missed? No, he took that one up for me. What's I mean, that? You can put him in for his All Star. Mike, Mike Young's taking the the honorary mantle. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. taking the man. I passed it on to him, dude. Okay, that's very nice of you. Um, I don't know, Mark. So Saint is jaded about the idea of Hall of Fame. So Mark, you've always been more of the sports guy. What do you think of the Hall of Fame idea? I I always liked the idea, but I feel like a lot of leagues have all these like weird rules about it, like. Some people like, yeah, you never get in on your like. I think maybe it's baseball that has like, you never get in on your first one, like your first ballot or whatever. Like, and then there's a lot of politics that go into it and stuff. And then the metrics are always really poorly defined. And then you risk like watering it down. So, like, I think Hall of Fame is a really nice idea, but it's rarely like done well. Yeah. And so, I don't like at this point in, in the history of League of Legends, it'd be really hard to make one right now and ignore like people like saint and reggie and hotshot and gg and you know uh like a lot of those guys but and the other comp- problem is is that a lot of the viewers weren't watching when those guys were playing like the well, right. I mean, yeah there's, there's been a, actually a huge amount of turnover in viewership to the point where like a lot of people don't know a lot of leagues competitive history uh and then yeah, in tw- in twenty years, when like if this is all still around in twenty years, like why did people who played at the top level for only two years are are in this league now? When maybe some guys like have played for ten, <laughs> like it just makes it. I don't know. It's it's really weird in such a new industry. So it's yeah. Well, I mean that that's like the, one of the problems that I was like when I was like actually like thinking about a topic was because the turnover rate for pros is actually so it's so quick because some players they do really well they play really well and then they just fall off hard and then they're replaced and then they never get a chance to play again they only get like a split or a couple games and so i was like thinking how would you say oh how would you try to put them in you'd have to say you have to be fair and say okay maybe a split at least well i think for how long i think you would want to celebrate the guys that have been around or that competed that competed for many years right well i mean i mean well Let's let's say okay. Let's Cali trolls. He played league for a year, had to go to medical school. He was great, but he's not playing anymore because he's going to medical school. I don't think anybody would even like put him on a ballot. Yeah, I yeah, don't think Cali trolls goes on the ballot. Well, even, I, mean, like, I was, just, I was using him as like a reference point of somebody who was playing. He played for a year, but is not playing because he's going to school. I don't think there'd be anybody like that though. Yeah, yeah. I mean like. I would probably have to think Dyrus, Odd One, Hotshot or Reggie, Cop or Cutie Pie, and probably Chowster. Cop or Cutie Pie. Who, which one would you put in the Esports Hall of Fame, Saint? Cop or Cutie Pie? Obviously Cop, man. Come on. Now. He's had the most supports in like LCS history, dude. Yeah. In one split. Is that, <laughs> that's how we'd celebrate him? Known for his high support turnover. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Cop in chat says me. So Cop agrees with the idea that it would be him uh, that would be on the, there. So there we go. Thank you, Batspeak. Uh, we have to move along quickly because we got a couple more people. But uh, Thank you. whenever we inevitably the LCS Hall of Fame opens up, we agree that the first one that gets initiated will be Cop. 
I will say if North America does do a Hall of Fame, I hope they just like they don't fucking take it serious at all. Like, what are, what are we celebrating here anyways, to be honest? Uh, North America used to win stuff back in my day, son. Before the Koreans had a server? Uh, we won versus Koreans, WCG. <clears throat> did they have a server then? <laughs> yeah, they did. Okay, we, I didn't we, know if this was still like when Loco and Mac Noon and all of them were on NA. Uh, we played against them, and we beat uh, TPA too in that tournament. Hey, WCG, the best. Elo, right? That one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just put everyone on that team in there for sure. If only we just had Canadians. Like that was, that was it. Because CDE was the Canadian team, right? Oh wait, no, you were uh, on it. No, Hotshot was the Canadian. Who team. was? Yeah, they're what was the, the name the ones, of the Canadian team? They're the ones who got dumpstered. <laughs> they were they were the losers. That was what they're called. Okay. All right. So that's the problem. NALCS has too many Canadians. Get rid of the Canadians. Uh, really quickly, as we're getting the next uh, group of people in, uh, Dragon Iro subbed. Scatman86 subbed. The NAC, NACL is real. Uh, Lagunas donated uh, $10 and, and again donated another $10 and said, How much to send them Sven and Mithy back economy class? Well, uh, we're at $20 so far, so we'll see. And finally, Dirty Skis subbed as well. Uh, we got Stalker Best Talkin' is. Be Stalker Be Stalkin' is. Close enough. Oh, yeah, Just call sorry. me Stalker. It's much easier. Where, where are you calling from, Stalker? Uh, Southern California, Orange so, County. Orange County, the OC. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I'm here to talk about how, like, all of the new LCS franchises, and even the old French LCS franchises, especially FlyQuest, for instance, their YouTube channels and their actual YouTube content and their effort to build a fan base on YouTube is just so lackluster. It's, it's just seems like it's flopping. Yeah. And it's really hard to be a fan of, like, Echo Fox, if the only way I can engage with the team is when Dardock streams once a month. So I'm pretty okay. sure that Echo Fox, I think, has an exclusive deal with Facebook, and so all their content goes to Facebook. Really? So, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's the reason why. I, I'm not okay, sure. Don't. That is, that oh, is the rumor. Way to build a fan base. That is the rumor. Yeah. But I know that they had some deal with. with uh, Facebook and that they were doing stuff over there and I know that a lot of their content goes to their Facebook page that they produce so that might be what's going on That's there um, yeah, looking at the FlyQuest YouTube page it looks like they're posting something once a week yeah they're 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 posting stuff but they're not getting any views and yeah. the sub counts are super low and if I like I had to I, I had to search hard for it to, for the YouTube page uh, like if I search FlyQuest or if I search GGs, GGS, or whatever. It's it's just LCS games from all esports, right? Because those are what actually yeah. gets views. Those are what gets traffic on YouTube. But I mean, and, that's not uh, okay. That's not their that's fault. Not their it's fault. not like FlyQuest or, or Golden Guardians can be like, whenever you YouTube this. I mean, they have to start basically fresh and start building all these channels, which requires you know over time, getting the subs and all that stuff. But you're you're right in that, like one thing that I've noticed, um, and I have I have friends over there, but the Golden Guardians. Most of their content so far on their YouTube uh, page is they had they had a really cool one, which was when they went to go hang out with Golden State Warriors. I liked it a lot. Um, but they are most <laughs> it seems like they're posting a lot yeah, of highlights of their academy team, which I think is not necessarily going to trend super well. Oh, so yeah. um, I agree with that. But Consulting yeah, coach St. Vicious, how do you save? Golden Guardians content YouTube channel How, content yeah. yeah probably by actually having the main roster on there like hold on all. hold on I don't no 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 we need Saint Vicious okay. 
Oh, wait. Okay, oh, okay same positions. No, All right, same. Nice. This is how it's always been. If like it's like this is how this is how league has always gone gone like franchising or no franchising. It's like so who's in the playoffs this year? It's like eh, we don't really care about the last two people. All right, who's in the top three this year? Okay, those people will get some you know branding and people that will follow their team. And it's like okay, who's streaming? Oh, sneaky streaming. You know like oh Dignitas, I'm a cutie pie with streaming with them. You know if you don't have streamers. Generally, like I feel like most teams build fan bases through either being like a legacy team or through having like active streamers because you know there's a lot of people that come in and, and get the traffic with them through Twitch. I think that a lot of those like uh, YouTube series and, and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, you know, here's FlyQuest, you know, like here's so and so like making lunch. Like people don't really, I feel like people don't really give a crap about that because it's not really engaging the person. Uh, not not engaging. Uh, it's not really. I feel like it's not showing the true personality of those people. And usually when people are being filmed in that way, people don't really want to be filmed and they're not going to have fun with it. If that makes sense. So like, let's say that like back in the day, like when Curse was making content, you know, uh, Steve would like force us to, to like pretty much do content or whatever. I'm like, oh, fucking Steve, you know? Uh, but like, basically he would just pump out so much freaking content. And then like everybody on the team was also streaming that, you know, eventually you are going to catch people in their real personality. And, you know, you're actually going to get to see people and how they are. Um, so I, I feel like you just have to, like, saturate the market with a bunch of fucking content and, like, you need streamers. And that's how you build up a, a good team that gets a, a lot of viewership. Like, can you imagine C9, it, like, like, A, they weren't, like, a top team and they didn't have sneaky, or B, they didn't have sneaky, like, streaming? Like, who would who would actually, like, really root for that team? Like, even if they were winning. Like, if you look yeah. at Immortals last year, people didn't really... People were like, oh, yeah, Immortals, I love these people. They're the best. They're like, oh, they're winning. Cool. You know, like, they didn't really love the brand or the players on it just because there's no, like, way to relate with the players or to, like, see how they are as a personality. All right. So is that then why you think 100 Thieves blew up so much as they did? Because they're now the second largest as That's far as, like, their views. Just because Nate Shot, Nate Shot, infusing them with all the... All yeah, the Nate right. Shot is definitely the nitro juice that... Like, I was, I was talking to... So my full disclosure, my roommate runs content for 100 Thieves on the video side, and he, he does the heist. And he was just talking about how the difference in how easy it is for them to get, like, the viewership and subs for their channel versus when he, he used to work with 1UP uh, for Team Liquid. And he's like, he, he said he felt, like, guilty because he's, like, creating content, he's proud of it, but it's, like, hard for him to gauge against the Team Liquid stuff because of just the nade shot juice, you know? Like, he can just send so many people to the 100 Thieves YouTube channel, so... Um, it's yeah, it's definitely a very different thing. But I do think I do think Hundred Thieves is producing really good content. I'm not just saying that because I live with the guy. The Heist is a good show, and they took the a lot of what what you know made Team Liquid's content good. I think if Hundred Thieves was producing like mediocre content, it wouldn't be really good for for the you know the organization people wouldn't be as maybe as invested like the the probably episode i mean i like probably a lot but the probably episode with his brother i didn't even know that his brother was helping run that team until i saw the video and i saw it. it's kind of cool well, so I think to, yeah. to saint's point like if you didn't have nade shot pimping that shit out doesn't matter how good the content is like they're a middling team right now with no one streaming yeah. So, like, who's going to watch that? Yeah, definitely. Conversely, like, you... LMQ, if you remember LMQ, LMQ started showing good results, and then they became, like, this big... They, for the amount of time they were in the LCS, they had a lot of popularity because you had, like, 
Vasily streaming. You had Momo the, cat. the house tour they did with me where the cat's running out of the house and all the footage of that. And they've got Lomo cat. Like they, they, even as a team that did not speak English as the dominant language, they gained a lot of fans through just like the kind of crazy content that they, they were able to put out, but also they were winning. So it's just kind of the, the formula of both. Yeah. Uh, See, it's like I look at all, all these channels because, I mean, I don't want to compare anyone to TSM because TSM is a, a, just their content. Anyone will watch it. That's, that's how TSM fanboys are. I watch it, and I don't even really like TSM that much this season. But it's like um, uh, I look at what uh, like Team Optic is producing now for their League of Legends, and it's not getting as many as much views, now, obviously, as, as it's usual, as the usual Team Optic content because it's not the same thing. And, like, I look at even, like, the CLG and the Team Liquid content, and they're just – they're just not getting the viewers that uh, the the others are the other teams are getting, and like I, I'm not even talking about uh, Clutch Gaming because they don't even have a YouTube channel, and that is that that amuses me to no end. So sorry, uh, what are you saying? You're saying Clutch, or sorry, you're Clutch saying Optic should have more viewers? I, I well, yeah. So I'm I'm just saying that uh, for a lot of these channels. Uh, the viewers are like, despite how they may be winning, right? For instance, like Echo Fox is, is winning a lot and Cloud9 is winning a lot. Like Cloud9 in seven minutes isn't going to get as much viewer interaction or anyone like watching that and rooting for them next week as much as a TSM Legends or a. Uh, I mean, they're uh, different uh, things. So you need to look at the viewership that all those seven minutes in Cloud9, Cloud9 videos are doing. Uh, it's pretty significant if you add it all up, I believe. Um, as opposed to just like one big thing that gets released every week. And they're also able to produce those videos with their other teams as well. I think they did one with their academy team that I saw. Um, and Equifax you can't really reference because, again, they're not they're not making an effort yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and then sort of along those same lines, like Melchorius and Twitch chat right now said, you guys are way overblowing how much the league scene cares about Nadeshot. I don't think we're talking about the league scene. I think that... One of the reasons why I'm happy 100 Thieves is in the scene is I think a lot of non-league fans are watching the heist and the league content because Nadeshot is in it. And I can speak from doing the interview with Nadeshot at the start of the year. Uh, I, it was very easy for me to tell that a lot of the people that watched that content or that interview was was were not league fans. So I think that's kind of what's going on there. So, Stalker, thank you so much for calling in. I, I always love All talking right. about content and fan building, yeah. and I think you're right. Uh, I would like to see, even even in a world where, yeah, FlyQuest isn't doing the best and Golden Guardians aren't doing the best, I'd love to see more content out of them. And I CG think he doesn't even have a channel. That's kind of important. I want to get started on that. I mean, the, the funniest thing about FlyQuest is that they didn't do much last year as an organization. Then this year, we're four weeks in, they made a big deal about how they were like, like they released this video, this hype video that I might be down now. I don't know, with like weird wild turtle light going across his face. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to create the content that the fans want. They will tell us what content they want. According to the fans, they want 100 hour, five hour energy sponsored videos of players doing random shit on their YouTube channel because that's the only thing they seem to be producing so far. Travis, that content is so boring that you talking about it is putting me to sleep. Thanks, Stalker, for calling in. Uh, okay, we're moving on. We've got three more callers. We're going to get through this really quickly because the show is starting to wrap up. 
Uh, Obi Pwn Kenobi donated 500 bits. Says to help Travis buy Starbucks for other interviews for us to enjoy. Thank you very much. Hope everyone enjoyed the Bonnie interview from this past week where we go and get Starbucks. Um, and that's it for donations. We've got your angel, your angle with your spelled incorrectly, and I assume angel spelled incorrectly. Very savvy, uh, your angle. Thank you. Your angle, where are you calling from? Calling from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philly. Calling from Philly. This is how we do it in Philly. All right. What do you want to talk oh, yeah. about? All right. So I wanted to talk about franchising's effect on grassroots content creators. Uh, you know, creators like Travis, Kelsey, LS, Thorin. I feel like in the future, uh, you guys might get choked out by larger labels with like, you know, a lot of capital behind them. The best way I can explain it is like kind of a metaphor to ESPN and how they sort of have like a stranglehold on all of sports broadcasting. Uh, I guess an example in like today's like league scene is Blitz Esports. They have like, you know, teams of analysts, you know, like paid actors, like uh, they have extremely high production value in terms of like league content. Uh, they have access to like whoever they want pretty much. I feel like new viewers brought on uh, may be funneled into, uh, you know, these, you know, really high quality creators. And um, I feel like a lot of the audience who's watching, you know, the older, I guess the old guard of content creators, uh, you know, it's mostly older players, older viewers who have been watching the scene for like quite a while now. So, I mean, I just feel like uh, freelance content creators might be driven into obsolescence, you know, looking into the future of professional, uh, you know, League of Legends. Wait, who are the paid actors that Blitz Esports is employing? <laughs> I don't think he specifically <laughs> means actual paid actors, but like Shockerez yeah. and like oh, okay, they, the analysts. They yeah. get people off their main channels to contribute. Like I've been on ESPN yeah, for some yeah. videos. All right. Like, so uh, speed round. Let me <laughs> handle this really quickly. Uh, your angle. So I appreciate the concern for grassroots content creators. Um, and it, you're you're right in that this is something that I was really concerned about. So like when I was at GameSpot, I was at, um, you know, a major media company. And yet I knew that ESPN was coming in within the next couple of months. And I was really, really nervous about all the crazy shit ESPN could pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I want to say, I say with the utmost respect for my colleagues at ESPN and at Blitz. I think they all do amazing work. But I have not so far been intimidated or or really like overwhelmed by the stuff that Blitz or ESPN do. I feel like they do stuff that we did at Yahoo and that grassroots content creators can do. Um, for reference, like my now, Blitz is an operation that has that covers both Overwatch, CS:GO, and League. But this past thirty days. I've gotten significantly more traffic, released significantly more videos, and gained significantly more subs than Blitz. It's not mm. calling out Blitz, but it just <laughs> means that like they they are an organization that has a bigger team than me, and yet I'm still able to operate this stuff. ESPN, for whatever reason, does not put any of their videos on YouTube. We were just talking about this in the last call. Like this is an audience that has to, like wants to consume on YouTube, and so that's like a huge issue that they they can't handle and there's an audience also that isn't overwhelmed or wowed by production values like people are watching this shitty show um come on man don't be hard on yourself as i'm dragging no but from a production value standpoint it is terrible go back and look at the intro i accidentally pulled up the three panel (laughs) thing like uh saint has his cat climbing all over his chair 
Like this. I sit, keep asleep. I don't Mark, even Mark is turning around and trying to fiddle with the lights. Like this is not a highly well-produced show. It's doing and, better than a lot of the content that I produced at Yahoo in a giant, like multi-million dollar studio. That's so, what I was going to say is like fundamentally the esports fan enjoys grassroots and stupid. Like I'll show you one of the biggest advantages we have. I can do this. I can stand up on my chair in my PJs and, <laughs> ah! and no one cares. Versus, like, if I try to do anything like that with a big company, they would lose their minds. I mean, yeah. it's just so much easier and more relatable to. So, the so what I do think would be worrisome, and here's a couple examples. I have often, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, I've pushed back on LOL esports at times because LOL esports, like, for instance, back in uh, season three, I want to say, yeah, uh, the first season of LCS around worlds, they just started doing post game interviews and like posting them to their YouTube channel. And I was like, why do we need post game interviews? Like there's or like for LOL esports, like they're not being additive to the scene. And this was something I went to write and I'm like, you guys should focus on doing the things that like grassroots content creators can't do. Um, you guys don't need more post game interviews on, on the site. So those are the types of things where, yeah, I've been like, this is kind of weird. If Riot and ESPN inked like an exclusive deal and all the ESPN content was getting published there and showing up on the LOL Esports YouTube channel, that's the kind of stuff that, yes, I would be worried about as a grassroots content creator is like, how do I compete? Especially if like Riot starts giving people exclusive access, uh, et cetera. I mean, one of the one of the weird things that has happened recently is that um, at finals for NALCS, uh, content creators and journalists do not get interviews with the teams that are in the yeah, finals. We get a press yeah. conference, whereas the like sponsors, the LCS sponsors have flown streamers to do interviews with like the teams that are competing in finals. Um, and so seeing like Yasuo, who is a streamer, all due respect, like probably not the interviewer that you want to have interviewing like TSM right before they're going to go up in their finals match. Like, that's weird to me. Uh, but all this being said, like, I'm still not worried uh, because I think one of two things will happen in those situations. Either grassroots content creators will continue to be able to compete with these guys or grassroots content creators will all get hired and sucked up. Yeah, by that's all the thing. Stuff, stuff. If, if you're saying that, you know, like uh, the, the scene, like the, the audience really appreciates like these, you know, grassroots creators. I mean, would you take like the paycheck to join one of the old, um, I mean, I did, I joined check? GameSpot yeah, and I joined, joined Yahoo. Yahoo. Right. And I did I really cool stuff there, but now I get to go back and do the grassroots stuff. It's, it's just a yeah. different world. If, if the, if the grassroots creators get choked out, it's for the single reason that the content that these big people bring is now better than ours. That's, mm-hmm. and at that point, like, what am I complaining about? tip my cap you're better than me now yeah. or like better than a twitch show with me and, and both us in our bedroom i also like <laughs> as humble as i can say this in this is I've, I've said publicly before that like i want to stay independent and i want to stay grassroots i like there are other media there are other opportunities for me in the space like i could in the past couple of months have taken a full-time job at a media company um, so I'm not like I'm not worried about it. I've seen all the people that were at Yahoo. They either stay grassroots if they want to, or they go out and get a job somewhere. So it's not. I'm not too worried about these guys. That's good. I want to see you thrive, Travis. Thank you. you. Thank thrive. you. Well, it's, this is still a grand experiment, but sponsors like <laughs> Owen right. and subscribers like you guys uh, help make this happen. We got to go to the next call, but thank you so much, your angle. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks, Have guys. Have a good one. Got two more calls, and then we'll be good to go. 
Iron Star 1515 is on the show. Where are you calling from, Iron Star? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. So many Texas uh, folks on the show tonight. What do you want to talk about? All right, so basically, uh, I've been watching League since, like, season three, right? And I see a lot of these same players that are, like, pretty garbage, in my opinion, <clears throat> that are always on last place teams. And even coaches, right? We, I want to do players and coaches separately, who uh, uh, keep getting replaced. And, like, the, the League community seems as one that's not very open to getting giving people chances to to show them their skill. So like example, like Matt, I think Matt is, I mean, I don't want to like burn anyone, but I don't think he's that great of a player, but yeah, he's still in the league. Right. And you go, you got solo, you got Zig, you got elimination, like all these players that I feel like, I mean, it correct me if I'm wrong, are not very good players, but they keep getting put on team after team after team recycled. Right. Like why not? And, and then we want to call out motivational issues, right. Where, Oh, you want to be like, oh, people are getting burnt out. Well, we can go to solo queue. And yeah, of course, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, yeah, solo queue players are shit and it's just solo queue or whatever. But why not at least give some of these players a shot? I'm sure there's lots of hungry players that want to to uh, show what they have uh, on at least an academy or LCS or like even in the in the uh, offseason, you know, like I don't know if they do or if they do not give some of these players a shot. All right. I want to know what y'all think about that. So the question Mark and Saint is why do we keep I'm joking. Why do we keep shitters like Matt and Apollo around when there are solo Apollo. queue superstars like Tyler One just waiting to come come into the LCS? Uh, you're taking my question out of context. I know, I, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. Saint to answer the real version. But of the but the real version is saying like we have seen players that don't seem to prove themselves year over year. Why not try to find new talent? The replacements are even worse. And then like. People tried it last year. Like people tried to bring it. Okay, I'll give you a good example. And this is something we talked about before is like, let's say Stuntopolis, right? People tried on multiple different teams last year. He was top of the ladder that entire time, you know, like looks very promising, but you put a player like that in like a high stress environment where like a, a lot of pressures on them and they, you have to, the amount of knowledge you have to know in a professional game compared to like a solo queue game is insane. It's like, or even compared to like an academy game, it's just, you're not even playing the same game anymore. So it's not like people don't try. Like FlyQuest even brought in one of their sub players, you know, this this weekend and people are like, oh, FlyQuest, you idiots. Like you lost the game because of that, you know? Okay. It, people do try it, but the thing is, is their replacements are like far worse. Um, League, League is a game that you can't just translate solo queue knowledge or academy knowledge into like a competitive environment. Just because it's just not the, the the pacing of the game is not the same. Like the way game uh, plays are made are not the same. Like your responsibilities are not the same. Um, like your champion pulls and, and like your counter matchups and all that things are not the same. And it's just it's just a far different game. And it takes a long time to get used to that kind of stuff. Like Mike Young is like probably one of the most successful people that have been brought in, you know, straight out of the solo queue environment. And you can see now that like he struggled on like a last place team, even though he did pretty good. And even in like TSM. When he, all this responsibility is getting put on in, on him, it's he's like really struggling with it, and he is starting to learn. But it's like he has like some of the best players in the world around him, and you know, quote unquote, the best staff and all that kind of stuff. And like that, that's like what's pushing him forward. And even still, like TSM is struggling like that. So that's why people don't give them time. 
Well, okay. follow-up question would be now, like a lot of that made a lot of sense in the relegation system where it's like, well, I think maybe there's someone we can try and improve on, but they're just worse right now. We can't risk it. Do you think, do you, do you want, and do you expect teams to start using uh, substitutions more aggressively? Like, all right, you know, we know what you are quantity and we're already losing anyway. So let's just like get information. Do you, do you see people I using mean, subs more? They, I hope so. Right. If you don't, like, what does NA expect to improve the region? Are we just going to keep importing until the whole region is nothing but imports? Like, we're never going to get better if we keep using the same talent over and over and over and over again. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Can I, or can I, I'll just watch that real quick. Dude, I was actually, I was sitting there uh, watching scrims with uh, Steve, you know, from Team Liquid last year. And he's like, man, why are Koreans like so much better than NA? And like, I, was, I was surprised, he's like a team owner, and he didn't like understand it. I was like, wait, Steve, you've been in this as long as me. Like, you can just look at it. The numbers are just there. Like, the, the solo queue population in Korean server is three to four times more, uh, more players than an NA population. And they all, almost all the, I'd say like 90% of them are playing on like five to 15 ping. So you have uh, three to four times the population of players, and you have like a much better environment to play where everybody is like trying really, really hard. And it's, that's why people import people in NA. And it's just because there's not enough people play in NA. Like I go into my solo queue, I'm a challenger player right now. And I like, I troll like every single, I don't even like, <laughs> I don't even like try hard in the game. And like, I'm challenger. Like that's- You're part of the problem, queue. Saint. Well, that's what I'm saying is cause He's like- He's a symptom of the problem. I'm a symptom, you know? Well, and, okay, but for example, right? Licorice, he was in, I mean, Licorice, he's not the best player. He's not a horrible player, right? He was in the academy scene for a while and he seems to be proving himself pretty decently, although he's still playing with people that are pretty good. I'm so, pretty sure like, he's 18. Yeah. Like, yeah, so he, he's been in the scene for a little bit, but it's not like he's been in LCS level, right? And he's he's translated pretty decently. You get one, one of those players a year, I think. I think every year you get like maybe one, maybe two of those players a year. Like last year is Mike Young. Like who else came out of the woodwork with him? Biofrost the year before. Yeah, Biofrost the year before. Okay. And that just goes along with like what I'm trying to say is that there's just not enough player pool. How many how many standout players come like that you see pop off in LCK randomly? They're like, and this is the new jungler, the Dove Soap Bar. Like they have some weird <laughs> name or some shit. And then it's like, Jesus, that guy is good on Elite. Like, you know, like they're just popping the fuck off. And it's just, there's just not as many players, man. The All point right, that, that he's making is like, for every Dardock that we have, there's two in Europe or in, in Korea. Okay. And there's there's two Biofrosts and there's two this. So then like, exactly. yeah, of course we grab somebody, dude. Like, yeah, who the fuck is Jazuki? For every Dove soap like bar crushing. in North America, there's two in Korea. All right, so before we take this a little bit too long, I wanted to get on the separate topic. Well, actually, unfortunately, we have to get it too long. I'm sorry, Iron Star. We'll talk about the other topic in a, in, a, in a future call. All right, appreciate it. Sorry, thanks for coming on the show. All right. We've got one last person. And Khan is here. Khan, you've been on the show before, right? Yes, a few times now. Sub, yeah. isn't he? Welcome yeah, back, and you are, you are a sub. Thank you very much for subbing. Uh, subs are actually just better human beings. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Con? Well, I want to talk about with EU going to be franchising this year and NA doing it last year. I think this is the perfect opportunity to kind of combine both regions into their own conference and just make one LCS. And instead of having two splits, just have one long split throughout the year. 
And instead of having Rift Rivals have kind of cross-conference matches where five teams from EU come to NA, five teams from NA go to EU, you, you know, play those games. And at the end of the year, uh, end of the season, you have an LCS championship game. Well, so uh, we've got 30 seconds to answer all this stuff. So let's, the, Mark, what should all that happen? I'm just kidding. 30 seconds. We, but we should move quickly. And this is a very uh, complex subject. No, I think like the biggest concern. Well, I wasn't exactly sure. You're saying you want to combine them, but still have them in two different locations and then have cross. Probably like an East Coast, West Coast kind of thing, like, right? Like only like once or t- like, one, like twice a year to have a cross play, but having them like an EU conference and an NA conference, but like also create like an LCS championship. So fundamentally, not too much different. You just combine their names and then you make them play playoffs together. Hypothetically, yeah. Um, but you could have players from both go to other side. Like once, well, right, then, then right, you have like a shared game. player pool. It's a little different, right? right? The player pool is not shared. You still have a multitude of servers. Yeah, I, I just mean like within the league, you can move NA and EU players across the league across the teams. I don't know, Sam. What do you think? I don't know. I just. So you basically just you want more international players, what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, and also it just feels like Riot already tries to make the EU LCS and the NA LCS into one broadcasted league, since every decision they make, like they routinely make because of the other region. I just you know, one we get more international play, you can get a new kind of good event, and like everything else kind of stays the same. You can just kind of mold it together. I think the broadcast stuff is more because how time zones work. Like, I think e, like if Korea's time zone was close to North America, I'm sure they would spend more time making sure that they don't broadcast at the same time. I mean, it's an interesting idea in a world where Europe continues to drop viewership or people continue to feel like Europe is is sliding backwards. Is the idea of like folding in Europe in some way. I mean, NA is not doing that hot itself. NA is doing amazing con. Don't you fucking shit talk on your region. Anyway, the point is that EU is, is you know, maybe not looking like it has a bright future. So moving it in and being part of the same system could be an interesting proposal. I, I don't know. I like it, con, despite trolling you just now. I, I think yeah. it's an interesting idea. I don't think now is the time to do it. But it's the type of thing where, like, if you're Riot Games and you have you know, a, a flow chart of like, all right, if, you know, if EU continues to have some issues, what are like the three ideas that we have to, to handle it? Or if we continue to see, you know, players moving between the leagues or we want to encourage investment or whatever into Europe, how can we help this? You know, um, I don't know. It'd be... It'd be an interesting idea, and I think it's something that they could have on the board. The unfortunate situation is it's something I would like. I Like, if Kelby... We should talk about this on a Kelby episode, because I think he'd find this far more interesting um, than maybe Mark and Saint, and we also are kind of running low on time. But yeah, we did... Fine. The oh. great news is, is you got a European question and hey, topic on the say, show. Saint has something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, like... You say you sound like a more international play. Like I've always, I've always hated the LCS, and I thought it was like super uninter- uninteresting. And I think that the circuit-based system, sort of like Counter Strike, was has always been like a far more interesting way of you know, like you have multiple tournaments, you know, teams throughout the world. Like every major that happens, you're like, damn, it's the major. Like all these teams are like going head to head, and it happens multiple times a year. I just feel like having a season doesn't really, it's not interesting. 
or at least for somebody like me, maybe some people like to have that structured thing where it's like every Sunday we can watch, you know, Golden Guardians fight off against Optic. Like that just, I've never been interested in that type of stuff. Um, I, I've just always been more interested in circuit play, like highest level of play international and having, you know, we talked about burnout like earlier in the episode, it gives teams like more time to have like that off, uh, that off mode where they can like come on and like light that fire under their ass, like right before the tournament. So you get to see like, better and higher level play like strategies that like you haven't seen before that are like going to be hitting strategies like another region or team like came out with and i think it just like so it makes a lot more interesting plays so i just i've always been against the lcs in that regard so i kind of go with what you're saying but in a different angle no i agree with you i would one of the biggest mistakes i think people have with the league is they compare it to like basketball or football and i think the best comparison the league to an actual sport would be like tennis Something that has sets, something that is circuit based, something that has majors and minors, doesn't have an actual season to it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people compare the the that system to tennis, um, but I would I would point that basketball, those types of sports are far more popular and are probably far more revenue generating. There's a reason why North America uses or U.S. Uh, sports is structured into league systems. Um, and I think it's mostly for business reasons, right? Um, oh, no, so, yeah, 100%. So I think that's, that's part of it. It's just like that consistent every weekend you can tune in for these days and these hours and watch this. You can sell sponsorship around it rather than just four major events. You're selling it into a, a multi-month long league. Like it, There's a lot of business reasons to do it, so... Again, kind of a broader conversation than what we could really talk about on this episode as we're wrapping up, but um, it's a it's a fair point. And thank you, Con, for coming on. You guys all have a good night. Yeah, have a good one. And uh, you too, man. I I hold no ill will with you for shit talking in a. Um, all right, so that's the show. Let me really quickly uh, give a shout out to a couple of people. Uh, Beat Smart subbed. Uh, Ongstrup uh, subbed for five dollars. Asks if uh, we can do an earlier show sometime for Europe. Maybe, maybe. We'll talk about it. Um, Five dollars uh, donated by Scatman86, who's happy that there's finally an alpha male on the show. And then uh, Killing You Guys uh, donated $10 because he wants to know uh, Saint's thoughts on Warwick. So 10 seconds, Saint. Warwick. Oh, then I think people will probably... I personally think he's better than Jax. I don't know why people are playing Jax in the LCS. And I think that if people run Aftershock instead of press the attack on Warwick. I'm pretty sure you'll see him in the LCS. He's probably going to be like the next pickup of champion once people learn how to play him. That's Great. it. All right. Well, uh, thanks. We'll do a couple shout outs here. Mark, anything you want to talk about as we're, we're wrapping up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, You're doing a bunch of stuff. There was a new offline video that came out today that I watched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We released a new TV video. Uh, it's a Q&A video, so... It was actually pretty good. Q&A videos I find kind of boring, but the way you guys filmed it was fun. Yeah, we tried to make sure everyone was, like, interacting and doing stuff beyond just answering the question. So I think it was it was a fun video. Check out that stuff if you haven't watched Offline TV yet. Uh, I'll be doing the Blame Game and shooting and filming that probably tomorrow to release on Valentine's Day or something. Uh, I'm doing other stuff. I'm super behind on emails and... I think I owe people money for taxes. <laughs> we'll find out. I don't know. Work shout outs are offline video, blame game, 
There's some emails I need to go back to, and uh, I owe the IRS money. So I, <laughs> I owe the government some money. I if the IRS is watching, uh, Mark's, Mark's, you know, you're on, you're on the list. He's got, he's got you in the list of things he's got to get done. Yeah, it's definitely coming, coming on. <laughs> say anything you want to say here at the end? Uh, watch my stream. Oh, I already know what my stream is. Saint Vicious, I think. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh man, Mark and, and Sam really know how to promote content. You know, I've got a stream. You can Google it. That's how I usually I find it. Vicious. Are you, you streaming after this? I might. Maybe I don't know. If you turn on fast enough, Travis can host you. Oh boy, you can get that great. Probably host. not. I mostly stream e girls, or I mostly host e girls. I don't have boobs or vagin. <laughs> and that's how we're going to the show. Thanks everyone uh, for watching. Thanks Saint for being on. Uh, I will put the, the link back into uh, to chat for those that want to partake in the Omen giveaway that we're running. It's only a couple days left. I've got a bunch of stuff up on my YouTube channel. I did a great interview with, uh, or at least I think it was pretty good, with Bonnie, who's Double's girlfriend. We mostly roasted Double Lift, so it's pretty fun for everybody that watched it. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League.